Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Attention Seeking Behavior with me, Casey Kustak. This is episode four. We've made it four episodes. Uh, I know there's been some time between episode three and four, but uh, thanks very much for your patience. Uh, just a little bit of uh, some updates for you all. I will be in Sioux City on November 9th, so anybody in Sioux City, uh, be sure to check me out. I'll be opening up for uh, Kellen Marson, the comedy hypnotist. Uh, so I'm getting back up on stage, and then uh, the following day, I will be in Yankton, South Dakota. Dakota at the Zebra Lounge. So be sure to check that out. Anybody in uh, Southern South Dakota area, yeah, Southern South Dakota, uh, anybody out there, uh, be sure to come and check this out. Uh, really excited to get back up on stage. Uh, got a couple of great guests lined up. We've got John Allen, a vocal artist from uh, California who's been featured in some video games and some animes. Uh, so uh, be sure to uh, listen up for episode five and six. Uh, six is going to have, I believe, Zach Tenebo. Uh, he is a, an illusionist from Sioux Falls, South Dakota here. And uh, so who knows what shenanigans we're going to get. And then we've got Lacey and Jason from 605 Ninja. They're going to be sharing their experience on the Ninja Warrior course um, and how they brought that here to South Dakota. Uh, really Really excited to have them here as they are uh, both wonderful teachers and uh, they take care of my kids uh, at their Ninja Warrior camps. So uh, enjoy. Uh, be sure to again come out and see me perform in November. Uh, I'm getting back out on stage so lots of great new jokes and uh, things that I've written over the last year so uh, can't wait to get that out. So thank you guys very much and enjoy episode four with Xavier Pastrano. Attention-seeking behavior. With Casey Kostak. So the first thing I want you to notice then is this. Uh, Blackhawks versus the Bruins <laughs> in 2013. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I, I believe yeah. 17 seconds. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that was that was that was a tough one. That was a great game though. Like oh. that, that whole series was just amazing. That was oh, that was so amazing. Good. That it's yeah. uh, that series has one of my favorite quotes of all time okay. from uh, Andrew uh, Andrew Shaw. Okay. Oh, number sure. 65 for the Hawks. Uh, game one at 1:30 in the morning. I fucking love shin pads. <laughs> <laughs> So that oh, that triple overtime game, I think it was what there was about six minutes left in the in triple overtime, right, yeah. and uh, Andrew Shaw. Uh, I don't remember who shot it. I just remember the bounce off the shin pads. Yep. So sorry, <laughs> everybody. No, uh, Xavier's good. wearing a Boston Bruins hat. Okay. So <laughs> I have to give him crap about it. Absolutely. So, uh, it's cool to, to to see you're a sports fan. That was mm-hmm. one of the questions I was going to ask. Is that we're recording right now on a Sunday. Sure. Um, so it, it's football. It is. Uh, am I taking you away from any football you game? You are not. I'm not. Um, it's. I have like my students ask me this a lot. They're like, "Hey, like, are you like do you watch regular sports?" And I don't. Like, I'm not. Like, I'm not really crazy about football. Um, like, it's. I mean, I'll watch it right like, every once in a while. But I mean, I don't really follow anything. The only sport I really follow, well, and I don't follow as much as I should now, but is uh, hockey. Is hockey? So, that's yeah. cool. Yep. That, yeah. It's a, uh, absolutely fantastic. Right. I'm a hockey fan. Right. Um, uh, grew up. Um, I grew up more of a basketball fan. So, okay, I sure. mean, it, it, you see, I saw, like, like the Chicago Bulls stuff. Well, and that's interesting you say that because like that's how it started for me too. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I think, I mean, because how old are you? 31. Okay, so I'm 32. Right. So, okay, so I think for, and, and two especially, like, everything, I mean, like, the Bulls, like, I walked in here, I was like, this is where, this is where I started. Like, as okay. a child, it was like, especially the early 90s, like, the Chicago Bulls when were... When basketball was good. Exactly, right? <laughs> and, and the Bulls were like, I mean, they were unstoppable yeah and so and i remember i mean i was no obsessed pun. yeah right <laughs> i was i was obsessed with the bulls um and i mean i had like a michael jordan sleeping bag and yeah you know, was it um was it bj armstrong and yeah like bj coach and, oh just like oh man it was just like kook yeah yep yep so <laughs> that's where i kind of started and i had like basketball cards and for that and then eventually just kind of transitioned more into hockey and stuff yeah nice like, man right, right in here i mean <laughs> uh, i think these are all I, I think maybe this one right here is nothing but Jordan cards. Nice. And, um, yeah, everybody. Th this is, like, the talking point. Every time uh, I invite somebody over, we're all talking about all my <laughs> my tchotchkes. Sure, sure. Right <laughs> on, man. No, of things out here. And then these are just um, regular Bulls cards. Like, like, I got the Derrick Rose draft card. Oh, sure. I mean, that. Like that's a bust now. Sure. I got the yeah. MVP plaque. With Derrick Rose on yeah. it, I've got a couple Derrick Rose. I got a Derrick Rose autograph. There's Scottie Pippen right up there right on, um, on a PGA Tour ticket. Oh, crazy! Yeah, my aunt got that for me, which is neat. I've got this is my favorite autograph in here um, right now is the the Taj Gibson over Dwayne Wade. Oh, sure, sure, sure. In Game One of the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. In 2011 or 2010. That's awesome, dude. So that one's my favorite. So I got Taj Gibson to sign that. Right on. Um, other autographs. I, I got Patrick Kane on a game what? six used puck from cool. 2015, oh my gosh, dude. from the 2015 uh, Cup Finals. I've got a magazine somewhere in this pile here, uh, Blackhawks magazine signed by Patrick Kane as well. That was from a Twitter competition. <laughs> I just all I did was tweet a picture of me wearing my Blackhawks hat at yeah. work. And it was like game one. They're like, all right, cool. You want a rally towel? And I got heck? this big package in the mail. I'm like, this is more than a rally towel yeah. unless this is 12 rally towels. Because, <laughs> you know, you can never have too many. Yeah, too, so many I got towels. that. Um, what other? Um, and then upstairs, so when we're done, I'll show you. Um, right above my TV mm. in our living room, I've got a game used stick from Patrick Kane. Oh. Given to me directly from Patrick Kane. What the heck? Oh, is that the. That's yeah, so I know. Crazy. Now this that's podcast awesome. is all about me. That's uh, so <laughs> rare. No, that's so cool. But uh, wow, yeah, I went to man. TCF for the stadium oh, yeah. series oh. game against the Hawks and Wild with okay. uh, my brother in law and uh, one of my good friends, um, Jeremy. And they're both wild fans, so I'm stuck between two wild fans. Sure, sure. And uh, we got to sit right by the Blackhawks player tunnel. We had tickets Dude. for the top bowl, yeah. but for whatever reason, the guy canceled our order. And so we complained to the ticket group. Sure. They made him give us tickets. He said, here, these are upgraded tickets. And we sat oh, down in the man, bowl. Dude, that's insane. And we're like... These are upgraded tickets. We don't get to even see the action. We had mm. to watch it from the oh, from the, the jumbotron. Yeah, sure. And uh, so uh, uh, afterwards, after the game, the Blackhawks lost six mm. to uh, six to one. The only goal scored was Kaner mm -hmm. in like the last three minutes of the game. I'm like, we can do it. This is it. The rally. Oh, the rally man. starts. And uh, the game's over, and all the Hawks are uh, walking off the ice and going into the locker rooms. And I'm just like, hey, guys, I'm the only Blackhawks fan in this area. Sure. And so my buddy's like, go down there. You, he's like, we don't need to be down there. So we go <laughs> we go closer because everybody left. Yeah. And we were only three rows up anyway. So, sure. I mean, we were relatively close. But 
Now I'm at the end, and I'm just I'm wearing a Caner sweater, and mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, Caner, don't worry about it. I'm like, we got Nashville on Thursday. Let's put focus on that. Sure. Let's focus on that. And then he just hands me a stick. What the? Yeah, and then the everybody thing? starts freaking the fuck sure. out. Sure. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. This one guy who was sitting next to my brother-in-law didn't talk the entire game, mm-hmm. didn't say a word, did, couldn't even tell if he was enjoying <laughs> it. But as soon as I got that stick, yeah. he was like, your buddy just got a stick. <laughs> Freaking out like can't even get it. That's too I, funny. Oh, it was so funny. We're, oh, we're man, standing there, and I'm hoping to get it signed. Sure. And uh, this guy comes by, and he's holding another stick. He's like, "Yeah, who did you get?" And I was like, "You first. And he goes, "Howla." <laughs> and I go, "Patrick Kane." He's like, "Shit." <laughs> I lose whatever is you later. So I got a, I got a stick uh, during uh, Kane's Art Ross season. That's awesome. So, so you know, cool, one of his 102, 103 points, I think. Yeah. That's crazy. So I, I'm really that that that's uh, that's my fertility. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> this will be buried with yes, me. Yes, um, so no. That's awesome. Well, then uh, back to you. It, it's really cool to see uh, you know a fellow sports fan as well as a fellow hockey fan yeah. because it, it doesn't get the love. It doesn't, which is weird, especially considering I mean we you know South Dakota is obviously like we're a Midwest state, but like. I feel like hockey is much bigger in like the surrounding surrounding states, and it's not really. I mean, you know, you get the stampede here and stuff like that, Who? but no. uh, yeah, right. <laughs> but like, really though, like, I mean, even I mean, I don't know. I I, I just imagined it being having a, having a bigger following, and there really I feel like there isn't. I mean, there are people yeah. who are interested, but I mean, it's not like you know, like I went to grad school in North Dakota, mm-hmm. and yeah, at, at Jonathan Tate, yeah, at UND, and um, and um, and I mean, it's just I mean, that's like what was fun about going to school up there. I mean, it is like it is a hockey town that just i mean it lives yeah. and breathes hockey and so like any bar you go into it's just like everybody's watching the game or freaking out and this and that and, and uh and even like with like professional stuff i mean it's it was fun like i loved that kind of like energy um and then here it's like you go anywhere and it's like baseball or golf or something football really but right right uh uh i the the worst fans here in South Dakota are Nebraska fans. Oh, sure. (laughs) I don't even care how much backlash I get from that. I can't stand Nebraska fans every every damn time. Go Big Red! I was like, come on. We we were at Buffalo Wild Wings yesterday and uh, the Nebraska-Michigan game was Mm -hmm. was happening and I I think they got murdered first off. Um, But... It was like forty-six to nothing at one point, oh my God. and uh, Nebraska scores a field goal with a minute left in the third. Okay, <laughs> and these two guys were like, "All right, rally starts." <laughs> like, you know, like, he pulled me, but I'm yeah. sitting here going, "I'm like, I do the rally starts with with six minutes left, yeah, or, you know, in a game, minute. knowing that it's done exactly. just for comedic effect." This guy was, was like dead crazy. serious. He, I oh, mean, I like, he was high five and he was walking around the bar. <laughs> Did you yeah, fuck yeah. Woo, get me some oh, fireball. That's insane. So, well, cool. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Uh, uh, we got a, a, a lot to talk about Sweet. because um, you've done it all. <laughs> Literally, I mean, uh, I'm just waiting for you to jump on stage and start telling jokes. That's <laughs> I'm now. Well, I'll tell you what. Like that's uh, been like that's been a thought. So like, um, with this whole no, like, and I'm gonna murder you after this. <laughs> no, like I, yeah. I mean, the, with just I've kind of developed this. I don't know this different mindset um, towards like just accomplishing goals like in my life and stuff like that. And 
Um, and you know, we live in a, a society now that's like rife with hashtags. No, right? And um, that's what I hear the kids are doing these right? days. Uh, um. Yeah, and so like for me, it was just like, and I didn't intend to turn into this, but I had this like motto, this phrase, just like, why not now? Mm-hmm. And so it's like there are too many times in my life where I've had like I've had all these ideas. And my wife has a similar phrase. It's wino now. There you go. Wino. So. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Equally as powerful. Uh, and so, like, I, I mean, I had all these ideas, and, and I just, I got too accustomed to thinking or saying, like, you know, oh, I'll just do it later. Like, I'll put it on right. the back burner. Well, then, like, I mean, especially when you have kids, you know, it's like, shit goes by fast. It's like, there's no, mm-hmm, there's no time, mm-hmm. and you're never guaranteed to have another moment by yourself to, like, do something, like, creative. Right. Um, or just anything in general. And so I was like, no, like, you know, I, if I want it, if it's if it's important enough to be on this list, then I need to start making some time to get this stuff done. So I'm like, why not now? Um, I'll just, you know, uh, like carve time out of my schedule instead of, you know, like, you know, reading or doing this. Like, I will just invest all my energy into this one project for a particular period of time. And then once I get that hammered out, then it's out and it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what has kind of, that's been like going through my mind and with like these like little... Um, some goals are bigger, some goals are smaller, but one is like, eventually I was like, you know, I'm, you know, like to do like an open mic, like, you know, stand up thing sometime. I know it's not easy. Um, but like, it's I, I think the easiest it's, ever. Well, like, I mean, it's like, you know, it's, 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 it's like, you, there are certain like, I mean, for people I, I've had, I mean, I've come across some people who are like, Oh, I can go up there and tell jokes. I'm like, Oh yeah. Those, yeah, those are like, my favorite. Good luck with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I would love to like, just give it a try at least once, you know? So it's a thing. I was like, you know, well, why not now? It's like, well, you know, once I get this you know next series of you know things i mean and you're only and... eight years away from the the comedy time <laughs> sure. it's like all right if you haven't made it by 40 you should be kind you of should yeah. be done. <laughs> looking other things yeah. so get it in right. <laughs> that no so that's really cool uh that mm. you do that and uh, and I, I love that because uh, we're going to talk about uh your your poetry book cool. at the very end here Sweet. because it, it uh I ha- i've had an opportunity to wow. read it and Holy shit, man! I mean, it's really good. And then you've got more works that you published. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I just thought this was a, a one off thing, but oh, no, sure. there's more. And now, yeah. and now I'm so interested in, in going back and uh, uh, reading uh, the butterfly one. Oh yeah, um, yeah the scandalous size of butterfly. Yes, and then uh, thunderstorms. Yep. Yeah. So okay. Yes, I got it. Right. <laughs> I did my research. Uh, but I, I'm so interested in doing it because you've got such powerful words in here. Thanks, um, and uh, you know, this is a, a great segue into to kicking this off because in the very first page of it you, you talk about um you are um a mixed race mm-hmm. you come of a mixed race you're half black half white mm-hmm. right or you know whatever yeah uh so that's got to be incredibly different to to raise to to grow up in. yeah i mean i have yeah. my my good friend jeremy is the same way sure and you know he he always said is that um his his mom who is white who, mm-hmm. who's a little bit more lenient on things and his dad was a sheriff in South St. Paul. Okay, sure. Okay. And he was the strict one. Yeah. And, and like was that the, was that the dynamic in your family where uh, you found that No, it was like it was flip-flop actually. Okay. Yeah. Right. So like what happened was, was like my dad's from the uh, the Dominican Republic. Oh, cool. So like the Afro-Caribbean kind of like ancestry there and then my mom was from uh, Rock Valley, Iowa. And so I'm like <laughs> just like so different like the huge dynamics there just different dynamics. How would you um, guys meet? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So well, yeah, he so, yeah, he came to uh, the US for college and so that's how they met and stuff, but um, it was interesting cuz like my mom came from like a pretty um, like quiet like structured family. Mm-hmm. Um, fairly strict, you know, raised Catholic and stuff like that. My dad, I mean, he like grew up in his the family dynamic over there was like his dad 
would like go he, he so he'd be home for like a week and then he would just leave so like they eventually like they moved to puerto rico and my dad was too so that's where he really grew up and so what happened is like my like, they'd be around they'd be hanging out and my grandpa would just leave for like weeks at a time go back to the dominican republic and do whatever it is that he did and then come back mm-hmm. and like just let my grandpa like raise these like four kids or whatever um, oh my goodness and so he was there was not like a lot of like fidelity going on there um, oh, which right. was something that kind of went like passed on like down to my dad and stuff and and so he grew up in a, in a household where it was like you know his mom like kind of cracked a whip but like he didn't have like a strong father figure around right. know, my grandpa was doing all kinds of crazy shit um I'm and, sorry if I, if it's too personal. Oh no no, no like this that. is fine. So, no, this okay. is fine. No, this is great. <laughs> um, and so like he and again like my dad grew up with like nothing really. Like they didn't even have like a front door to their house. Like really oh, wow. poor. And so then, you know, he came to the U.S. and he's like my dad is super charismatic. I mean like he can he could I mean meet like make friends with like anybody right. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what ended up happening is like he ended up like, my parents got my, my parents got married he became a uh, pharmaceutical rep so he was like making, oh wow like, so to go from nothing to like working for Pfizer and making like shit ton of money right right um it was all about like the material things and stuff like that and then again he was there was not a lot of fidelity yeah. there so so my parents got divorced when I was five and so I was raised by a single mom and she was the one who was like I mean she was pretty strict mm-hmm. um and now like and I, you know as i've gotten older like i look back and i never really complained as a kid like i was like the rules are the rules like i love my mom like you know that she obviously obviously has these rules for a reason and so i was a pretty straight-laced kid but now like as an adult i'm like looking back at that and i'm like well no shit like like no wonder why she worked her ass off to like like and, and set these rules and to make sure that i was successful because it's like the odds were stacked against me basically it's like single mom we didn't have a ton of money and this mixed race kid we're living in waterloo iowa where there's a lot of gang violence and stuff like it would have been so easy for no, me like the waterloo game <laughs> yes yeah, so we'll i mean it was like kind of nutty over there they so, like, snap it, right yeah, down the streets yeah, we're the waterloos the street, right? and so it's like yeah like i mean easily could have like just gotten mixed up with the wrong kinds of people mm-hmm. but i didn't and and so and i'm here now and it's with that so but yeah my mom was the one who was like keeping a tight ship and my dad was we have a better relationship now and stuff, mm-hmm. but for a while there, it was just kind of like, yeah, literally around. So. I, I mean, that that's really crazy to hear. I, we we have a couple of similarities mm-hmm. in, in our story. Um, I'm black, too. Um, <laughs> 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 that one's the first one. I was going to ask, but I didn't want to, like, you know, cross any boundaries or anything. <laughs> I, you, you can't tell, but no, I, I mean, if you were to put uh, Xavier and I together right now, we're, I am the white version. Here. Seriously, like, pretty we're much. Like, very, yeah. very close to yeah. it. Bald, Bald beard, beard yeah, tattoos, yes, tattoos, yeah. yeah so. uh, and those are really cool. We'll talk about those too. Um, but, you know, my parents, too, divorced um, uh, when, at, at a young age. Sure. And, you know, I, I don't know what it was like for you um, uh at that divorce, I took it very hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, uh, I was I was a problem child. You know, sure. you say that your parent, your mom, uh, raised you to you know uh, stay out of those gangs and, mm-hmm. and run a tight ship. But you were like you respected those rules. I didn't respect the rules. Sure. I, I knew I was going down a path of of drugs and and sure. violence and alcohol. Unfortunately, and, and I'm glad things changed because I mean, look. Oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, these good. are the things that we look at. And we're exactly. like, yeah. I mean. I think materialism is is good, you oh, yeah. know, in in certain aspects. Mm-hmm. I don't think it needs to be everything. Needs to be about what I own and what I have. Exactly. And uh, yeah. you know, I look I look at it as a younger person, and I go, oh yeah, it's all about what you have. Sure. And now I go, no, it's all about the memories. It's it, all about absolutely. the stories and the things that you create. Yeah, um, 
but I mean, I, I was I was a problem kid, but I, I look back on it, and then you know when I when I decided to change things at thirteen, um, change my life around at thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thirteen. You know that like <laughs> it, it, that's it, like my balls dropped, and I sure. said it's time to it's time to straighten up. And I did. Um, you know, uh, there were some things that that went along with it, um, but. I, I primarily lived with my mom, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, like you said, I have a better relationship with my dad. Uh, I have a good relationship with my dad now. Yeah. You know, we we talk regularly. I I talk to my dad more than I talk to my mom. Oh, okay. And um, my mom uh, was adopted, and she grew up, uh, you know, just kind of on her own. Mm-hmm. You know, she I, our grandparents were absolutely amazing people. Sure. Um, you know, uh, Grandpa Norman was was fantastic, but we've always kind of been on our own and independent Mm -hmm. like okay we're gonna go off and do our own thing and we'll check in you know type of thing but it's like if my mom calls me somebody's dead like that's that's, why are you calling me (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's exactly how it is so um it's really cool that you have that that good relationship with your your dad now and and i think a lot of that comes with age right oh absolutely yeah you're able to see things differently yeah um what about your your relationship with your mom is that Oh yeah, she so. yeah she like even to this day like so yeah she lives in Sioux Falls and stuff oh, like cool. that and um yeah she's been like my rock I mean through like everything like through college and stuff like I mean again like my dad and I like, we've we've gotten mm-hmm. better and stuff but like I mean you know when I when I first went to college like my mom was the one who moved me in like my dad like didn't come down or anything, like, right to help out and so um, anytime like I'd have like some kind of you know anxiety panic attack mm-hmm. existential crisis mom was the first one that I would call. And, like, she was always there, yeah, to kind of, like, talk me down and, like, or just talk me through the process and stuff. So, um, even to this day, yeah, like, she's just amazing. Like, one of the most selfless, like, women I've ever, like, met, like, in my life. That's cool. um, Yeah, she's super cool. And, like I said, like, my dad and I, like, we have a better relationship now. And it got to the point where, I mean, I think he was so consumed with this idea of, like, he wanted me to be like him. Mm -hmm. Um, He was a, I mean, he was very athletic. He played basketball. Um, all kinds of sports, very like athletically fit. He he's a fifth degree black belt. He was a professional ballroom dancer for a while. What? Like, I know. So he, I he's kick your like, ass, but like, it's gonna look good. Exactly. He's like Forrest <laughs> Gump. I mean, he's done like everything. And so it's like he was just that was him. And for me, it was like I mean, I loved I loved film. I loved art. Um, I loved music and and theater and stuff and so i was not like not into sports and stuff like that uh-huh. um and also too like i wasn't i was the really like, i was like the chubby kid like growing up like um prior to the divorce and what was, a man once <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I i got out of control because like you know like, like single mom like she worked like you know crazy hours mm-hmm. and so then it was like you know we'd zip through burger king or taco bell like yep, almost yep. all the time and so then yeah i got kind of out of control but Eventually, like, as far as, you know, interest stuff goes, like, my dad, he came up, so when I was in high school, I was in a musical um, called Big River, and I had, like, one of the leading roles, and he came down, and he saw it, and it was then, so I was, what, like, 15, 16, he, like, understood, he actually pulled me aside, and he was like, I finally get why you love what you do, he's like, that was incredible, you blew me away, and he actually, like, apologized, he's like, I'm sorry for, like, pushing you to do things that you didn't want to do because clearly this is where you need to be and i was like oh. thank you like thank you oh i got and tears so, yeah That's so that so was brutal. like oh. that was a turning point for us and it's gotten better since then and stuff but 
it was hard. I mean, mm-hmm. being like middle school, it's like, you know, you need to go to football camp. And if you're not working out, I'm going to come and take you. And we're going to go to, you know, he lived in Maple Grove. He's like, we're going to go back to Oh, Maple yeah, Grove yeah. And, I know Maple Grove. Uh, I, so, I lived in Maple Grove. Oh, really? Crazy. Yeah. He was kind of right. He was in um, he was in Eden Prairie for a little bit. And then okay. he was in uh, Plymouth. All right. And then... I know where all Maple of these Grove, places right? are. I went to White Bear Lake. <laughs> oh, sure, sure, sure. Oh, yeah, my gosh. That's crazy. Man. Man. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I just had to. Uh, no, that's great. It's like all my, my freshmen are just like, have you heard this rapper? <laughs> like, oh, this it's so like, bad. They're like, yeah, it's, it's just sounds. It's not it rapping. Is. No, it's like I'm listening to R2D2. It just rap. <laughs> Every so often. Okay, R2. <laughs> it just drops in the middle. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you saw this? Did the new beat that R2 dropped? <laughs> R2-D2 uh, featuring C-3PO. There you go. Seriously, <laughs> that's like, what we need. Oh, right? no. Oh, my. <laughs> I, would lecture, I would listen to that. I would do. That would be good. That, that, what, a, what a powerful moment, though, yeah. Um, yeah. to have your dad. I mean, uh, any time a parent says you're, that they're proud of you, yeah. um, it really makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, um, Especially now, I, I don't think a, a lot of that's happening. Mm. Uh, so I, I, I can mean with these guys. Oh, yeah. I try to make, uh, when I say these guys, I mean my kids. <laughs> uh, with just these people, just, just random, people like, hey, street, yeah. I'm proud of you. you know? <laughs> no, <laughs> but like, I, I try to let them know. I mean, mm. I, I don't just, I don't say I'm proud of you all the time because yeah. then it, it loses it. But I mean, I'm, uh, one day they're going to listen to this and I, I, I hope they know that my goodness i just everything that they've done on their own um and and just accomplished i'm so proud of Mm -hmm. my children and you've got a three-year-old and i I mean like and the same thing there like and right now he like just officially became potty trained so it's been like a lot of like praise for that like yeah it's like awesome job dude like um and it is and like you said like that's it's so important and so and this i keep kind of like jumping back to like teaching and stuff because like so I teach freshmen in high school, mm-hmm. and, and is it English or social studies? English, English. Yeah. Okay, I have English one, and then I, so I have two sections of English one and two sections of accelerated English one. And some of these kids, like, so they did their first paper, and it was like a survival story, like survival narrative. So it's mm-hmm. like they're writing about one event in their life that was really difficult for them, and you know they can they narrate the story, like what did you go through and how did you get through it? Um, what kind of survival characteristics did you need to rely on? And some of the some of the things that these kids were writing about, it's like I mean I know that that some of my my freshmen, you know, 14, 15 years old, have gone through things that I can't even like imagine or like fathom going through as an adult. And I'm reading these stories, and it's just like mind boggling how these kids are like. I mean, they're still here. They're still mm-hmm. moving along despite the things that they've gone through. And I mean, you know, kids telling me, you know, in in their writing, like confiding and kind of pouring out and saying, like, you know, yeah, like. I was taken away from my parents because they, they were addicts and couldn't take care of me and I didn't mm. feel loved. I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like, And so, I mean, it, does, it doesn't, you know, as a parent... You spelled addicts wrong. You spelled it like... So it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, like when you're like a level-headed parent, it's like, yeah, like we're talking, it's like obviously like you want to tell your kids that you're proud of them, you love them. But for some people, it's like that's just not in the forefront of their mind. And so you get these kids who go how you know throughout their lives never feeling appreciated or, or understood or loved and it's just like man like that's something that everybody needs so as a teacher it's like I'm trying to do both like and 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 you know being a parent and a teacher like there are definitely like so there's some crossover there but you know when I'm I think to myself like I want what's absolutely best for my son I want him to have opportunities and I want him to like go places um 
but how like that would be so unfair if I felt that way and I didn't think the same about my students, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like I didn't or didn't put that much care and emphasis into that as well because even though they're not my biological children, um, like they are my kids. Like oh, of you know? course. So I mean, like, you're yeah. with them for what yeah. six hours, seven Seriously, hours yeah. a day. And so it's like yeah, I just so some of these kids, it's like they get, you know, I try to I don't play favorites, but there are some kids who get you know I try to give some extra attention and. Um, talk to them a little more and you know and again just reiterate like hey like you're crushing it right now i'm proud of you like right keep oh. doing what you're doing so it's it's hard do you want to come and teach in the sioux falls <laughs> and teach my well, so that's what i do so i so i teach at lincoln high school oh you at lincoln i yeah. thought it was yeah. harrisburg well so i live in the, the harrisburg, harrisburg district okay i was okay. so pissed about this last vote because right I was like right. we like i'm like oh my gosh like we need more schools in the district and so I went to vote, and they're like, well, you live over near 85th Street, so you're actually in the Harrisburg District. I'm like, but I teach in the public school district. And they're like, yeah, but, like, based on where you live, like, you can't vote because you are in Harrisburg. And I was like, damn it. So, <laughs> well, but anyway, I mean, it passed anyways. But I was just right, like, yeah, so I know. I was, like, so I was like, God. So We did the right thing this yes, time. Yes, ah. right? Yeah, oh, my gosh. So, so yeah, so it's yeah, it's been awesome teaching in the public school district here in Sioux Falls. Well, like, good. I'm gonna make yeah. sure you gotta you, wherever you go, you need to just film me. <laughs> I'll keep you posted. I'm gonna <laughs> send my kids there, and I'm gonna make sure that they have classes with you. I, I, um, I there was something about when when we when we first met. This is our our, our meet cute mm-hmm. story. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> something about when we first met. You were just. Uh, the words and the teachings and the and the things that mm. you're saying on Zach's podcast, sure. I mean, I just I related to so much, and cool. you know, just coming from you know a different side of things too. Going, no, yeah, that means a lot to me, and yeah. that's why I said, oh, I've got to get him on. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna start this thing. Nobody knows about it yet, sure, but I'm gonna right get on. him on. <laughs> but I mean, I appreciate this. It, it you speak so eloquently Thanks. about it. I mean. Uh, there's no sound of disappointment or anger mm. or, or hatred. And, and I mean, I know we all have opinions and things and, uh, what's coming from your voice and, and what you're, uh, executing in the tone mm-hmm. is a, a sadness and a need to help. Sure. Yeah. And I, I, I really feel for that is right. uh, I try to do the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, on the comedy side, that's really what I try to do is that. If I could just make more people laugh, yeah, and just take man. them away for a half an hour or for forty-five minutes or or an hour, however long they give me, mm-hmm. can I just take them away from whatever pain that they're feeling, absolutely. or uh, to let them know, hey, I'm here to let you forget about all that bullshit out in the world. Yep. I'm here to to let you know it's okay to laugh and enjoy yes. yourself, and you're out there going, hey, it's okay to mess up. Ex- exactly. And that's <laughs> the thing is, like these kids, like sometimes they don't. Again, like I have a couple right now who are they're struggling with um struggling with schoolwork. They've mm-hmm. missed some school um because of just like not coming or like OSS mm-hmm. kind of stuff and and so now they're starting to feel like buried underneath their work. Yeah. And I had one who was just like, No, I was like I'm just it's like I'm done. I'm just I'm throwing it in now. I just I can't catch up. And so we had a talk, I'm just like, dude, like it's mm-hmm. this is you know, we're so early in the semester. Like, yeah, there's you know, you have stuff to get caught up on, but it's like us teachers like we're not gonna give up on you. And especially, too, like, I look at this dude, and I'm just, like, doesn't have super, like, a consistent, like, home life. Um, doesn't have, like, a ton of help at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of running around with some kids who probably are more detrimental to him mm-hmm. than, than good. But it's, like, man, like, you know, it's just a matter of, like, let's just take some time. Like, take a breather. Mm-hmm. We'll get this stuff hashed out. I can work with you on due dates. It's not the end of the world. But, like, you deserve an opportunity. You deserve Bye. a chance. So it's like you should have been my teacher. (laughs) I I had a literature teacher in the seventh grade, 
um, yeah, seventh grade um, at Thomas Jefferson Junior High School mm-hmm. in in um, Woodridge, Illinois. Okay. And um, uh, like I told you, I was I was going through some horrible shit. You sure. know, I mean, I was a bad kid. I I uh, didn't do my homework. I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't care. I was just like this is <laughs> fucking stupid. I hate my dad. I hate my stepmom. I hate my mom. I hate my stepdad. Mm-hmm. Type of thing. And I mean, I I'm surprised I'm not goth. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I, I remember this one time. Um, I got a failing grade and. Um, I wasn't doing anything in, in literature, but I mean, I was paying attention to the things that I cared about or mm-hmm. that were interesting to me. And, yeah. um, I wasn't turning anything in or, or, or doing anything at one point in the school year. And, uh, my literature teacher came out and just made this announcement. She's like, um, and everybody knew it was about me. Sure. And so I got yeah. up and I'm like, you're a goddamn bitch. And I sure. walked right out of the thing and I was like, I am in so much fucking trouble when I get sure, yeah. Like, I, I knew that. It was just, uh, it, it was, uh, that right there was that, what was one of those pivotal moments where I'm like, I, I don't want a teacher like this. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'm like, everybody knows. Everybody <coughs> knows that I'm, I, I'm the screw off and I'm the class clown. Sure. And of course, yeah. when we talk about the kid who doesn't turn anything in, it's Casey. Sure. See, so. and that's what's so frustrating. Like, I hate, like, and, and that's, and you know, it's like, I can say that teaching has changed over the years. And like, there are certain like, you know, like, uh, there's certain, like, um, classroom etiquettes that have, like, changed, like, across the board, but there are still teachers out there who do that kind of stuff, and, like, oh. and it's it's so detrimental to the kid, and I think what's, what's happening is, like, some teachers, they just lose sight of what it's mm-hmm. like um, being that age, or, or two, like, they just, they don't, they're thinking about themselves mm-hmm. as a teacher and not thinking about their students, and so one thing that, like, one of and not to sound like pretentious or like you know I'm you you teacher, will and that's like, okay yeah uh. um, <laughs> one thing I really strive to do is I really strive to like um, stay in touch with like you know fifteen year old Xavier like where was oh, I who who cool. was I what was going on um, because like I really try to put myself in the shoes of my students and like granted you know it's like I I did have a different upbringing than some of my students mm-hmm. you know um, like I went to a private school. Um, but you know, like, like my mom, I didn't have a lot of money. Like she put every all the money that she made was invested in towards like my education and stuff like that. Brothers and um, sisters too? No, I was the only child. The only yeah. child. Yeah. Oh, so and you got which it was all. why that yeah yeah yeah. Um, and so, but then, but then you know, again, like I did have I live in this weird like mix where you know yeah I was a mixed race kid, but I was living with a white mom. And so we I can had, call like, it root beer float. It's That's root beer I, float. Yeah, I was, I was just the root beer float. <laughs> kid, I, was like, root beer float kid. Um, <laughs> I I was working at Champs Sports. You remember that story? Oh yeah, yeah. I was working at Champs, and uh, there was this girl who worked up at Burger King who was mixed race, and uh, she I, I knew she was hitting on me, but uh, you know she was always like, yeah, you just call me a root beer float. Root beer I'll be float. what I'll be whatever flavor you want. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> But, like, yeah, so I just try to think, you know, it's, like, there are, like, I went through a lot of changes, like, middle school was freaking hell for me, and, and I know that it is for a lot of other kids, yeah. and, like, for different reasons, and so I try to remember that, it's, like, you know, you're coming into a new school, especially a school like, like, at Lincoln, I mean, it's huge, we have over, yeah. like, 2,000 students now, um, and so it's overwhelming, and there's some anxiety, and so I, you know, That's I try between to, all four grades, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, and this is actually oh. the largest freshman class this year since like the 70s i think we have like over 500 freshmen this year yeah Yeah. so it's crazy but um but yeah so i just try to stay in touch and and get you know get down like on their level 
Um, so how often have you been voted Teacher of the Year? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, let's yeah, talk about pretentious. <laughs> I know I've had some like really good compliments from people. We do like at our faculty meetings, we have like this like the Crystal Apple Awards, and so they rotate like they're given out by the principal. Yeah. I've um, had mine for three years. <laughs> yeah, right. So I got one last year, which was cool. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I don't know, we we'll see about this year. I did. I had a, a situation on Friday that went down that was like. I, really yeah, I think I was, like, yeah, I thought that was really cool. And it was funny though, because like as it was happening, I was like, like it just this is gonna get me that crystal. Well, apple. No, that's all that I was saying, like, but no, I mean it did. Like it almost seemed like a scene out of like a movie. Like I was like the Edward James almost teacher. Like you know, oh, like, Captain, my Captain. Yeah, right, like, we could give you this, but no, like I mean, you know, I was this kid, and like, and I've seen watched him over. Like you know, he was in my ad room last year, and he did in this year, and. He's gotten this reputation and mm-hmm. of being, you know, like not such a great kid or makes poor decisions, and um, but definitely has the ability to apply himself and do well. And made, you know, one bad decision. I chased, you know, sprinting down outside the school with him, and then caught up to him, and then we had a talk. And then he made, I and I, again, it's like I didn't like chase him and drag him back to the school. Like I caught up with him. And I gave him an ultimatum, and I was like, "Dude, like I'm telling you, like you can, you, I'm, I'm give you an option. You can run away from me right now. You're in the middle of the street. I'm on school campus. You can run away right now. But I'll tell you that again. I said like the for every decision we make, there are consequences. And so if you run away from school right now, the consequences are not going to be good. I can guarantee you that. But you also have the option to do the right thing and come back to school with me. You can go inside, have some pizza with your friends, finish out the day, and it'll be good." And so he, like, thought about it. And so what happened was he was with another kid who was running. And this this other kid was, like, freaking Forrest Gump track star. Got it. See he ya. was gone, yeah. And so then it's just me and my student here. Fuck you, bro. Yeah, pretty much, right? <laughs> and so then he decided he was kind of, you know, looking both ways. And his head was down. And then he goes, okay. And he walked back with me. And I was like, that was all you. I mean, that was him. That was his decision. And he finished up the whole day. And I don't That's... know what the other kid did, but... I, I so I read that and I went, "Fuck, that's really cool." I mean, it, it was. I, you don't see that. I mean, like you said, I think this is a scene out of a movie. Yeah, that's um, because it is. It literally is. I'm sure somebody was filming this. Because, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's incredible. It's that you're changing people's lives. I, that that student is going to remember that mm-hmm. he is, and he, hopefully. The next opportunity that he's presented with to run, he's no. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna stay. Yeah, I, I well, had and, pizza. And last well, yeah, right. Well, it's um, interesting because, like, because to this other kid, I mean, he he will get OSS because he right. left school, and so is now that out of school suspension? Yeah, he either get OSS or ISS. I'm okay. It kind of depends. I'm sure it'll be like a couple days of OSS. I've had ISS before. Um, and so, but so then what I'm hoping is that so since this kid stayed with me and he was involved in this situation. Now he'll see, like, oh, hey, like, I made the decision to stay, and now I don't have OSS. Now I'm able to be in school, and I'm not going to get, you know, behind in my work. And this, my friend, who did run and get and got away. Friend. Yeah, friend. Quotations yeah. now he's, at this point. You know, yeah, he's stuck out of school now, and he's got this on his, his you know, record or whatever, and this yeah, and that. And so can't hang out because. That, yeah, making that realization. Yeah. So we'll see how that turns out. But I see I see these kids every Tuesday and Thursday from my ad room, so um, we can kind of check in and everything, but. Yeah. I mean that's uh, that's really cool. I mean you're making a difference. You're yeah, making a difference, you know. And and uh, right now with just everything happening, you got to. And so uh, please um, tell me that if you don't want to 
to, to talk about this part, but, you, you know, growing up in mixed race and now looking at things how they mm-hmm. are right now, uh, I mean, I'm not a proud white person sure. right now. And, and I mean that. It's just, <laughs> I hate that. Mm-hmm. I, and I mean, it's okay to be proud of your race, right? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it, it very much is. And, um, but I'm not one who's like, if you ain't right, you ain't right. Yeah. I'm not that. I'm yeah. not that. I'm, I, I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of the culture that I grew up in. Yeah. Um, but I look out there on social media and I see all these things now. Uh, and, you know, the backyard Bettys and, mm-hmm. and all of those things. I, I, I cringe. Yeah. I cringe. And, I mean, <laughs> do you just go, no, I'm black. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, I'm totally no, black. Oh, we are no, so no. much better at this point. No, like, I, I mean, I get like, I, yeah, I will embrace, like, both sides. Like, what's what's interesting is, yeah, like, there are, like, the best way that I can kind of, like, equivocate it is, like, just with, like, our country, like, in You're going to have to um, define that word. Oh, because equivocate. I like, know what equivocate means. Okay, I, I, like, I was just joking. Uh, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Not everybody knows sure, what those sure. words mean. No, <laughs> uh, so, like, I mean, the idea of, like, our country is, like, I I mean, am I, you know, do I love living in, in the USA? Like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, you know, it's been great. It's provided me a lot of opportunities. Am I proud of my country right now? And that for me is a no. Right. I'm oh, not, yeah. Like, no, not at and, all. And so that's, like, I, I totally get that. It's like, you know, I'm watching the news and I'm seeing, like, what's going on and whether it's, you know, like, like issues involving, um, like, race or, like, politics. It's just, like, every day is just that <laughs> it can be best defined by that emoji with just, like, <laughs> the straight mouth and straight eyes, like, mm, meh. Yeah, meh. yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's just, like, oh, my God. And so, like, I'm sorry, that's for all the, the, the millennials out there. Kinda, but really, yeah, it's like I wake up each day and I'm just, we like, We can end oh, the man. podcast here. <laughs> right that was there. so good. Yeah. But, no, like, I like I get it. And, and, and the thing is, is, like, there are, there are, I mean, there are advancements that we all need to make, like, I mean, across the board, as just, like, as, like, a, as people, as human beings, but then also, like, within, like, the subdivisions of, like, races and cultures and stuff like that, and um, it's just hard, and, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know, I mean, like... There's still uh, fear-mongering. Oh, absolutely. It's out there with it, and, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> my wife, Abby, is gonna hate that I tell this story, but it's the best story that I have for mm-hmm. this, and, um... Uh, when we we first got married, we we went on a honeymoon to Mexico, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know why I said that as a question to you. Like, <laughs> yeah, would you? Oh yeah, it was Mexico. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Uh, uh, we went on a cruise to Mexico, sure. and on our way back, we got on a flight, and um, it, it was those three chairs, and next to me was um. Uh, an individual from the Middle East, mm-hmm. uh, from Iraq. He had a turban, everything, mm-hmm. all that. And um, Abby was very uncomfortable mm-hmm. for the flight. And she grew up in Gayville, South Dakota. Okay. You sure. know, uh, there's nothing but white people there, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so she didn't have yeah. that. I mean, I grew up in Chicago. I grew up in White Bear Lake. I grew up in the cities. I mm-hmm. grew up, you know, w- with with different diver- oh, uh, yeah. diverse cultures yeah. and, and, and did this. And I went, there's no reason to be afraid. Mm-hmm. And like we, we sat down and chatted it up. I, I wish I remembered his name. Sure. We, you know, uh, but he's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, IT, 
of sure. course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we started after that conversation, yeah. and, and Abby eased her way through it. Absolutely. And we were just talking today because we were, uh, I was going through your book again because mm-hmm. I wanted to mark different things that we'll talk about. Sure. Um, and I read her one of your poems, and she said, wow. Um, she goes, you know, growing up in Gayville, we didn't get that culture. We didn't mm-hmm. get to see that. And so when I moved here, it was a culture shock, and oh, I was very afraid of, of black people mm-hmm. and uh, of uh, you know the Sudanese and, and, mm-hmm. and other races that were were here. And she goes, I think it was until after you, which was you know uh, three years into being in Sioux Falls, that I went, oh yeah, you know they're they're people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, underneath all of this, we're yep. the same skeleton. Exactly. You know, we're the we're the same flesh. Um, but I mean, I could only imagine, you know, I've never had anybody call me, you know, the, the N word. Sure. Cause I'm black. Um, (laughs) I've never had that. Yeah. uh, I've never used that Mm -hmm. word derogatorily towards anybody Mm -hmm. because it, it's hateful. It's like calling a woman a cunt. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, absolutely. but yeah, it, completely like, different. Completely yeah, different. But like it's the best like way I can describe it. No, I, I totally get it. Absolutely. Like I would agree. And and I think like with that, that story that you told, like you did exactly like what I was thinking. Like is the best thing to do, and that is just to, as uncomfortable as you might feel, like just talk, ask some questions. Because at, again, you said at the end of the day, we're all people. We're all trying to like do the exact same thing or achieve the exact same thing, and that's just get through life. And Ultimately, it's all about developing a sense of understanding and empathy. Right. And if you just talk to a person, um, ask them some questions and engage in the conversation, like you are able to then get a better understanding of who they are and maybe even, um, you know, ease some of those anxieties that you might have. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's 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 the tricky part is, again, is, you know, stepping outside of your comfort zone. Like I was the same way with um, like talking like culture shock. With white with, people. With, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, okay, watching the Michael Jackson's transition, which is, yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, um, really uncomfortable <laughs> for all of us. <laughs> like, like, I mean, even white people are like, but he's was black, it, yeah, right? Yeah, what's going on here? <laughs> um, what is it, the Dave Chappelle bit? Yeah. Like, white people, you can <laughs> yeah. have them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so prior to teaching at Lincoln, I, I taught at a Gorman, and that's uh-huh. where I went to high school, and it was a small... I mean, small in, uh, environment and not diverse at all. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's gotten, consi- I mean, now it's it's exponentially better than when I was there, but compared to, like, the, like the rest and of the And that's just district, a change in 15 years. Exactly, yeah. Right? But, it's, but they still, it's still not very diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I, you know, I taught for a year at a, at a Gorman, and then I went to Lincoln. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like it was, it was a culture mm-hmm, shock. I mean, mm-hmm. you have students speaking different languages in the hallways sometimes. Um, just either there are so many different cultures in this one building, but that's one of the reasons why I left O'Gorman and went to Lincoln is because I wanted more diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted my students to be able to go to school in an environment where they were able to. Um, embrace their true identity and who they are um and and like across the board so like whether it was like you know uh, religious or, or cultural um um uh personal convictions and stuff like that that require them to wear certain things mm-hmm. if it was a student who was you know part of the lgbtq community mm-hmm. you know the ability just to like have a partner and to be able to hold hands walking down the hallway like I want my students to feel comfortable, like, in their own skin, because I think that's so important. And so that's what I got. And so the first first week was, like, 
you know, I'm walk, I'm seeing these kids walk down the hallway and they got like purple hair and all like, and I'm just like, whoa, like this is so different to, <laughs> compared to like the private school where everyone's wearing, you know, uniforms and there's no, you know, like all these crazy rules stuff like that, um, which I get, you know, like why those are implemented, but mm-hmm. um, I think that I am having made the transition over. I think that I am, and, and so yeah, I've made the transition over and talking to these students and putting myself out there. Um, and talking to the ones mm-hmm. who really, like, you know, maybe struggle, I have gained so much more insight in, in, into, like, you know, who these kids are, where they're yeah. coming from, how I can help them, and then, too, like, who I am and, and like, where I kind of fall into the role of things. So it's, it's, it's tricky, and sometimes it's scary, but it's so important because we become all the better for just, you know, engaging with those people. And that, that's, really, <laughs> that, that's really refreshing to hear. Sure. I mean, uh, it, it's I wish the same thing on my children. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they go to Garfield right now. Sure. And, I, I mean, I think they're one of the very few white people at, mm-hmm. the, at the school. Yeah. And um, I went to in maybe junior high or late elementary school. I was in Bellwood, Illinois. Okay. Okay. I was the only... My sister... And I were the only white kids. <laughs> we are the only white kids. Sure. I kid you not. That's crazy. One of my favorite places. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, the school was fine. Yeah. One of my favorite places. Uh, the the area was in not so much sure. <laughs> much crime sure. written, but, you know, uh, the, the school was great because it was just like that. Like, we had a uniform or everything and everything, but I always felt very accepted. And I sure. think it's because uh, of my humor I, sure. I, I think yeah. that's what did it that yeah. I got to be friends with everybody because of my humor you know I you know this was like during uh, Jurassic Park days oh sure like, no, the I lost world to come out like, I was and like I love dinosaurs yeah I'm funny like, people go. think of me as Jim Carrey at the school you know like that was that was <laughs> a compliment you know there yeah. were a couple kids who would call me Casper you yeah. know? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I mean I look back on it now and I laugh I'm mm-hmm. like that was clever. But I mean, it, it's, I got that experience, yeah. but I never felt hatred yeah. toward me. I That's never awesome. felt that, um, you know, and, and, uh, growing up in Chicago too, I never felt that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's all about that empathizing Absolutely. that you, you talked yeah. about just being able to have that conversation and ask questions. You know, one of the questions I asked that end, individual, um, uh, on the plane Mm-hmm. wasn't about where he was from or what he was doing. It was just, hey, hi, nice to meet you. Exactly, yeah. 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 We're going to be As on this person. plane for the next yeah. couple of hours. We could sit here in awkward silence like mm-hmm. everybody else, or we could say, hey, hi, yeah. check it out. You know, acknowledge each other. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's exactly it, yeah. you know, and um, it, was a, it was a funny plane ride. Right on. You know, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, it, we need more of that. Yeah. You know, and, and like that's the best thing that you and I can do is is teach our children that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Is, yeah, well, and that's and that's where it starts, and that's why like that's where we kind of fall into like so much, so many issues and, and so much trouble is that like, you know, mm-hmm. it's at the end at the end of the day when it comes when it comes down to all this stuff, we're talking about again people per, people's personal convictions, um, or their personal attitudes mm-hmm. about you know races and cultures and stuff. And those attitudes are so difficult to change because mm-hmm. they're ingrained from, you know, like birth, like like when you're like a kid right. and stuff. And so it's, you know, it's it's you, you grow up with it. It's it's what you know to be uh-huh. true, uh-huh. and then you just you don't want to leave that. Like when you when you have to leave anything that you're that you've become familiar with that has been kind of like a cornerstone in your upbringing, it's difficult mm-hmm. to change, make any kind of changes to that. And so and it's not that you know 
I mean, in certain cases, like, yeah, like, obviously, if someone's, like, a blatant racist, like, that's something that you'll want to change. Um, We're but, trying. But, and that's the thing. It's, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, like, you have to, like, you have to go about it the right way. Like, I have had some people who, I've come across some people, yeah, who have um, what I would consider um, just uh, poor, like, uh, in- interpretations or, or their misrepresentations of certain races right, and cultures. Right, right. And I can't, and I know like when a situation like that arises, one, I, I take it as like a personal responsibility to be like, okay, this person is like, you know, they, they have this, this misinformation. Um, I think it'd be beneficial for them to, you know, hear, hear things from like another perspective or hear things from another side to maybe see if they could, you know, not completely change, but just kind of to, to be introduced to this new perspective right. and to get them thinking essentially is that that's like the, the ultimate goal. Um, but I know that when I come into those situations, I can't just go in guns blazing like, you know, the OK Corral being like, well, you're wrong because of this, 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 you know, it's like, you have, again, like you said, like, you know, it's as far as like how I talk and stuff like that, like that's one of those things is that I've learned over the years is like, you have to be eloquent and you have to be able to put yourself, um, you have to be able to adjust to your audience. There are certain people who I know that I can talk to where, you know, again, like I can uh, <laughs> use words like equivocate <laughs> and all these kinds of things like that. But then I know, too, that there are people where I'm just going to like my students. I shouldn't yeah, be well, saying no, those no, words yeah. <laughs> and just just be real with, you know, and like um, be able to like adjust. So mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, when you are talking, you're communicating the ultimate goal is to get that person to understand right. what you're saying. So um, but yeah, it's so again, it's, you know, as far as trying to work with people um and to help them see things or to develop, develop some empathy. Yeah, like, you have to know, like, you know, who they are, like, what, you know, what's your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, it's yeah, the same thing for, for comedy or absolutely. music. Or, you got to know your audience. You do. Absolutely, you really yeah. Do, man. yeah. <laughs> I teach that to my students like, with writing. It's like audience and purpose. Like, you mm-hmm. know, who are you writing for? And, like, why are you writing? Like, they want to know why. Yeah. Um, and, then, you know, as far as, like, I, we always say, like, you know, let the audience determine the tone of your paper, like, yeah. how you write. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, think about this. Like, when you're like when you're with your parents at home, right, and how you talk to them, they're like, yeah, I'm like, is that the same as how you would talk with your friends at during lunch? And they're like, oh, I'm like, exactly. I'm like, when you're with your friends at lunch, your tone changes because your audience is different, right? Yeah. Same. And so then they're like, oh, okay. So I'm like, when you're writing a paper, like, who's your audience? I'm like, well, you are, and like other people. So I'm like, it's you know, academic setting, and they're like, oh, okay. I think that maybe might be the biggest problem that my parents ever had with me. <laughs> sure. Like everybody was my audience. My audience, sure, 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 yeah. yeah. Like um, uh, my. I see no boundaries. Right. Well, I, you know, you you made a comment that said if we grew, if we grow up in that in that culture we we tend not to forget these things and whatnot like I, i've always been around uh, by african-american sure. black people and and whatnot my, my aunt married uh, a black person cool. and i he's the greatest guy in the world mm-hmm. derek is so cool derek if you're listening <laughs> shout out to you you gave me one of my best bits uh, <laughs> but uh I, and i think like my parents uh, they got married back in March, and I think my, my dad and my stepmom had a little bit of my, maybe just a little embarrassment because sure. I was having way too much fun with this. Is that <laughs> I'm a comedian. Yeah. I, one, forgot my suit jacket at home. Oh, no. I, I left it in Minnesota. <laughs> I left my suit jacket in Minnesota. Sure. Yep. And I left my dress shoes. Mm. So what did I end up wearing? My Air Jordan retro. Yeah. My retro ones. <laughs> and a shirt and a tie. There you go. Okay. And uh, Derek comes up to me. He's like, "Oh man, those are 
his fresh shoes mm. and immediately you know i'm embarrassed because i forgot all those things and i said well i've never been to an urban wedding and i didn't know when the basketball game broke out <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh that's so funny everybody laughed that, i ki- yeah. i killed at the wedding that's so funny and so uh, my dad uh, my dad didn't get to do a speech and i'm so upset because i'm like i wrote him the best speech sure. and uh, uh, my my dad and my aunts um parents died when my aunt was very young um you know uh, my dad's dad died at 13 and then um it, it, i think my aunt was eight wow yeah so we my dad practically raised my aunt sure. yeah. you know and so i i, I wrote the speech from i said you know again we're like the four or five white people there mm-hmm. and i said dad you have to go up there and say this christy you grew up into such a beautiful woman you know we, we got to see you through many stages mm-hmm. and, and many changes and many difficult times and i'm just so proud of who you've become uh you've also introduced somebody so wonderful into our lives as well derek i feel like i didn't just gain a brother but I gained a brother. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, I can't do I that. Can't do I can't do that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. Uh, so I tell my aunt that. I tell my aunt that. I tell Derek that. And they're like, you've got to tell that to my mom. <laughs> and so I'm over there. I'm at this table. And they're like, that is great. I'm like, That's see? Cool. I'm like, it's, I go, it's, cool, it's just all about how you present it. Yeah. I go, it, yep. if you, I'm like, I'm not meaning any harm with exactly, it. I no. go, it's for a laugh. I yeah. go, people love me afterwards. Yep. Well, that's the thing, yeah, like, you know, like, your audience, like, you know, like, that's, yeah, yeah, that would go. Well, I mean, I got, like... one time I, I've ever been offended um, by anything like that is I was getting booked for a show in St. Paul, mm-hmm. and um, the, the booker go, uh, of the club goes, do you do black crowds? I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Do they laugh? Do they like to laugh? Yeah. <laughs> then yeah, I do any crowd. Yeah. I do any I'm like I go what like, what is I go, what a stupid question to yeah. ask. And I'm like, do they like to laugh? Do they wanna have fun? I'm like, I don't think they care if I'm Kevin Hart or if I'm Casey Custard. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, seriously, that's yeah. So I that was the one time I've ever like been so offended of being a comedian. Yeah. Like, so I didn't get the gig, sure. you know, but and rightfully so. Fine, I don't want yeah, to do the exactly. gig at that that's, point. Yeah, that's it's like, yeah. they're oh, people, I, right? So, I know, yeah. I, and and that's what I thought. It was like this guy right here has a stigma. Oh, absolutely. Is that he believes that he has to get a black comedian to come in yeah. and yep. and to do care stuff. to the yeah. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, he's yeah, he's is um, pigeonholing a group of people and their interests just yeah. to like their their skin color. Yeah. And and I don't think I do anything that like that joke is too white. Yeah, you know? no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't I mean, get like, that joke, Casey. No. Well, like you said, I mean, you, and you nailed it. It's like, do they? Well, here's the thing. It's like it's not like, do I do black crowds? Like, yeah. do I? I mean, do I perform for people who like to laugh? Like, yeah, that's that's it. You know, it's like that's the that's the focus here. It's like yeah. That's that's the universal language, you know. It's like laughter, like. So is the word no. <laughs> yes, um. that is true. <laughs> oh man, which is yeah, my son right now. No. no. Uh, but uh, so, uh, sorry that we talked so much. No, about, man, about this is great. I mean, this is it's great. I, this is something that interests me. It's sure. getting another voice and another opinion on it because I want to be able to t- turn this around and. and and not turn it around and spin it into sure, my sure. own. Uh, I want to be able to take this information and turn around and go back it in Penelope. Yeah. You know, this, this right here. I mean, the what Xavier just said is is phenomenally well spoken. And 
this is how we need to be sure. as people. You know, you know, we stop and we help. So exactly. I, yeah, I, I thank you for doing that. I mean, well, thanks, man. No uh, yeah, I'm proud of those words that you said, and, and I, I'm also thankful that you're looking past and go. I know he's joking. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's joking with all those other things. Uh, no, man. Like, no, uh, like, seriously, yeah, you're a stand-up dude. But well, thank you. Uh, that's what I try to be. Um, but it, it's. I mean, like I told you, Jeremy is a, is another friend of mine who's of, of mixed race, and mm-hmm. and he likes hockey as well. Sure. And not a lot of people know that about him, but mm-hmm. but like you can tell. I'm like, you can tell he's black. Yeah. Come on. I mean, I've seen his penis. No. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Is so primed for yeah. that. Uh, no, but uh, we were we were watching a game and um, we were talking about growing up and um, it, it, the guy obviously thought he was white and they, his coach in South St. Paul was just like, Jeremy, you're you're big, come and play. And he's mm-hmm. like, uh, he goes, uh, you know, but didn't he know you were the wrong color? That's what he said. And like right there, Jeremy and I both shut down and we yeah. said. We're not gonna make time. This 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 individual doesn't deserve our time for the no. rest of this night. So if we can get past all of this and just ignore that comment, and like we did, and he's never been back to any of the any of the times that we've gotten together. We've never sure. invited him back just because of that one comment. Yeah. It was so arrogant. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So arrogant. You can do <laughs> anything. Any, anybody who's listening to this, you can do anything that you want. Oh yeah, anything. Yeah, I tell my so. I tell my students too. It's like. You know, I I so I I give them this the story of like when I was was it fifteen I took a like it was like a career aptitude test that we mm-hmm. had to take at school like sophomore year, and you know you filled out like the information you know like ethnicity yep. racial background family background all that stuff. Interest, God, that, it's the stupidest thing. It well, is. And so what was interesting is mine told I me I should be leader of the Crips. <laughs> <laughs> so you would be what like the Crypt Keeper then? Yeah. <laughs> Keeper of the uh, <laughs> we had like I got my results back, and at fifteen, mm. like I got this test, and it said like. But I don't it, think the color blue looks good no, on me. I can't so. pull off. Of, but it said that like I essentially had like a twenty-five percent chance of completing a college degree. Wow! And I was like. Oh yeah, and so let's talk about that because you were yeah. you you were just giving that aptitude test two middle fingers. Exactly. If you so, had more hands, you, everything would be yeah, well, yeah, in here. So what is it? You've students. got a BA. I wrote this down because I was so impressed with it. You've got a BA in creative writing. Mm-hmm. You've got in uh, a master's in mm-hmm. English. Yep. And you got a doctorate. I have a, another master's. It's a master's of education. Master's of education mm-hmm. in, in, in English as well. Yeah. So I mean, that's one where the big words come from. Sure, but yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, talk about a middle finger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, it's like, like I'll and, show you. And so, yeah. So I tell my students, it's like I tell them that it's like again, raised by a single mom, mixed race kid. We, I mean, you know, my, we didn't have like a ton of money. Like mm-hmm. my mom, like you know, she spilled a whole pot of hamburger helper one night and was like sobbing because that was supposed to last us for like the week like that was uh. the kind of environment we grew up in and or the, that i grew up in and i tell my students it's like you know was it hard work for me to get where i am today i'm like absolutely like i you know i had yeah i have two master's degrees i have an undergraduate degree it's like it was a lot of time and effort and energy in you know in in school work and in studying and stuff like that but I'm like, I'm so happy that I, I am where I am because now I'm here and I get to talk to you kids. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, I could have just sat there and like read that test and been like, well, okay. 
But I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm not going to be a, just a, a statistic and fulfill this stereotype that this test was telling me. I'm like, mm-hmm. this test is not going to predetermine who I'm going to be. Um, and so it was, it was a matter of like, just giving mm-hmm. it some middle fingers and being like, nah, fuck this. Like, I'm going <laughs> to do, do my own thing. Like, I'm not, yeah, it's, it's education is important to me. And, um, and so I, I, I just had this talk with my students and uh, I had, there was, some some head nods and they're like okay I'm like I will help you through this process. I'm sure you got like, students in there like so this guy is the coolest. Damn I just teacher want ever. them to have <laughs> yeah I want them to, to be successful. So that so. yeah no that's that's really cool. So uh, you went to several different colleges uh, mm-hmm. SMSU, yep. you, SMSU and you've got yep. a you, you're going to be reading your poetry. Yeah right yep there. on Tuesday yep Tuesday. so oh, I was, wow I was, yeah, yes I so it's close like, I got this way. what a great one yeah I don't know if this will get out by before Tuesday. Yeah, so I'm going back on Tuesday, the 25th. Uh, I was asked to be uh, the guest writer um, for the writer series for September. So that's cool. A couple of my old professors, yeah, they're like, "Hey, you want to come back?" And so, like, yeah, I'm gonna like talk to a couple of creative writing classes, um, lead a workshop, and then I'll do a reading that night. So that's cool. And yeah. you're in a band. Yes, I am. And oh, man, I wrote it down. Uh, skin of our teeth. Yeah, skin of our teeth. Yeah. I have not gotten a chance to listen, so I apologize. No problem, man. It's um, cool. But I want to. Sure. Yeah. I want it's, to. It it's fun. Cool. It's like. It's like a stoner rock, riff rock kind of stuff. I say like, um, I get it. I'm white. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, white. Like, uh, <laughs> well, that's another thing is too is like people are like, you know, I'm like, what you like metal? I'm like, yeah, like I mean, I'll listen to some hip hop. Yeah, we had those. Like, we had that the the conversation uh, uh, oh, on on the dress code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. about that. Yeah, people are like, what? what? I'm like, what? yeah, like my, I grew up with like my roots are in metal and like punks, but like. Specifically, your punk roots and are Scott. in Iowa. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. Like <laughs> you punk grew up with Slipknot. Yeah, uh, so. yeah. That, and that came in yeah, junior high. There was something about the rock music that just really like appealed to me. Um, a part of it too was probably like my mom. Like she wasn't crazy about hip hop. Um, well, just what white of, like, mom exactly, is crazy. Like, about hip-hop. But I'll say too, like she was, she was, she also wasn't crazy about some of the rock stuff that I was in. I mean, you know, like I remember what was it wanting to get. Um, some Marilyn Manson. She's like, oh, oh my no. god! Have you ever have you ever seen Marilyn Manson live? No. Oh my! Just it's videos, the it's weirdest. I heard it's bizarre. <laughs> it's, so it's, like... it's so weird. We uh, buddies and I won tickets. Yeah. And we we're like, we're so glad we're up here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, it was so. I mean, you He's you scared. could pick us out if, in the crowd. Sure. I mean, like, like, <laughs> like who the fuck yeah, are these yeah. three up here? That's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, so like there, yeah, there's like that, like um, my musical interest, but um. I don't remember what we were talking about now. Marilyn Manson was the is the Lady Gaga of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, skin of our teeth. Yeah. Yes. So it's like. Um, <laughs> Let me get I, my punchline yeah, in. Right, right, right. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's like I think um, I'm trying to think of, like who like to kind of compare us to. Like it's I you know I, when people ask me I'm like you think like um, Black Sabbath but like faster and heavier. Oh, cool. Um, with like and then we try to throw in like some like doom like little doom elements there like slower bridges that really build and just kind of like come like crashing and stuff but oh, the, yeah. those are so much fun i i love the i love builds and music yeah, yeah. It, it, you uh it, it really gets to your emotions oh totally too. i mean yeah. at, i'm trying to think of the study on it is that people create music just for that is just to experience those music oh those, yeah uh, those emotions and um I'm a, I'm a huge Foo Fighters fan. Sure, I love, um, love, I love the Foo Fighters. Uh, I, like that is about as hard as I get. Okay, you know, sure, um, sure. Like I love ACDC mm-hmm. and, and Aerosmith, and 
uh, I grew up on the Beatles right. uh, and, and all of that, but I, I think right now, like, the Foo Fighters are the hardest mm-hmm. I get. Um, hey, I got into, like, weird terror. Like, once I got into, like, was it, like, uh, senior year of high school, freshman year of college, yeah. specifically freshman year of college, that's when, like, I was really introduced to, like, the hardcore, like, metal screamo kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, like, I never got into that, that but I've was, heard some stuff. Yeah, it was, and, and for me at that age, like, again, I was, like, 18, so... Um, I yeah, wanted to I be hate like, my parents kind of like, too. Yeah, I just kind of want to be like that. Like, <laughs> like, so like, there's a group I loved, and I still do occasionally listen mm-hmm. to them, the Blood Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've heard of them. They're just like, I mean, like, really like two, like you know, two like very two singers with like incredibly androgynous voices. It's like, mm-hmm. is that like for people? Some people are like, are those guys or girls? Like, what's well, you know? I mean, what do you think? <laughs> it's like they're very high pitched, like you know. Um, but then you got like, the thrashing guitars, and it's like almost mm-hmm. like so chaotic. And like, I, I would listen to that like almost all the time at that age. Now it's like I got to be like in the right mind, like right mood for it. Right. But it's kind of fun, like reminisce. But yeah, I got it. Do you like ever like listen to a song from? Junior high or high school, and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Some like, 41? Oh, yeah. Well, see, now there's like, yeah, there's some some 41 that I, I like. There's some stuff, I still have all my CDs. From, oh, cool. Like, from like, uh, element, well, I think the first CD I bought was like in fourth grade. Um, Space Jam. Up until now. Sp- for me, Space it was, Jam soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> Tragic Kingdom by No Doubt. Oh, that is a great album. Yeah, that was a game changer for me. But yeah, there's some, if I flip back through there, I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? Um, SR71. Okay. Was a band, and there's like that song called Right Now. It's just like, oh my gosh, it's so stupid. Just like poppy punk, like mm-hmm. um, anything from like stuff that you, <laughs> music that you would hear on like the Can't Hardly Wait soundtrack. Like, <laughs> you remember that movie? <laughs> just like, you know, I need, I need. That was like, with uh, six, Jennifer six Love Hewitt, right? Yeah, six covers by Space, or not Space Jam, Smash Mouth. Like, I want, like, yeah. It's all that stuff. Like, which, and so speaking of that movie too, I just we I went to uh, the Last Up CD shop had their um like half off DVD sale like yep, yep. months ago, and I was like, oh, I want to get like um, I wanted to load up on horror movies. For yes, October. yes. Oh, I can't yeah. wait to talk about. And that. so I was like buying like all these horror movies, and then I came across Can't Hardly Wait, and I was like. Does it hold up? <laughs> it does actually. Yeah. Like it's like I mean I watch it. And it's like it was, like, was so I mean, serious. All the, all the nostalgia, but like I walk up to the front and I got like Phantasm, Reanimator, mm-hmm. um, uh, are a Quiet Place, all these horror movies, and then here's Can't haven't really seen that like, yet. I gotta see it's it. It's legit. That's a really good one. It's like a scary movie for. Um, for people who aren't crazy about scary movies, like that's the one. Like if I had a friend who was like, I really don't like horror movies. Like, like my wife. Sure, yeah, wife, I'd be like, okay. then watch this. Like it has it has some scares in it, but it's not mm-hmm. it's not horror. Like yeah. per se, like, I would think it's more like thriller. But I mean, especially to like as like a family, like as a, like a mom or dad. Dude, there's like right. I was like verge of like ugly crying during some of that movie. Like it's just <laughs> it's so good, so well written. My wife and I went and saw The Strangers. When oh, that first yeah, came out, yeah. and I like that. I did, I did too. I thought it was, I was like, "Yep, okay," mm-hmm. scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. What it needs to do, I and I, I haven't seen like a really good scary movie in a sure. very very long time. Like, there's nothing out there that does it. Like, yeah. uh, it I saw with a friend of mine, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, she and I enjoyed it, and yeah. I was like, "Yeah," I'm like, it, the only reason that this movie creeps me out is because I don't like clowns. Sure, yeah, you know, and like. 
that's what it's playing with right mm-hmm. there. It's playing on that fear of that just, one fear, that yeah. one fear for me. And I'm like, that's so pretty, it's kind of narrow, you know? Right. Like, yeah. And I'm like, but other than that, it, it didn't do much for me other than it was a good movie. Yeah. Best adaptation of it. Oh yeah. You know, Absolutely. not as campy as the original. Yeah. Um, and, and had some legitimate, like, okay, yep, cool. I oh, could yeah. go without seeing that part again. You know? <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, but I haven't, and I think the one before that was the remake of Evil Dead. Oh, sure, which I love. That was a good. I really, I love, like, I'm a sucker for practical effects. Yes! I don't, like, I really hate the CGI stuff, because it's just, like, my one of my favorite movies that'll always be, like, my top ten will be, um, or is The Thing. John Carpenter's Yeah, thing. that's a good one, yeah. Um, yeah. Just because, like, again, like, the practical effects, like, they, they it looks so real, and it's just, like, totally, like, mind-blowing, and so I love they did that with, with the Evil Dead remake. Mm-hmm. Um, I just uh, bought Hereditary. Haven't seen it yet. Heard uh, it, I think it was from you who said it was extremely good. Yeah, and I just re- so I, this I watched it last night, and it's my second time seeing it. I saw it in theaters first, yep. and I saw it last night. And I think like watching it last night freaked me out even more so than the first time I saw it because there was just there's so much to unpack like mm-hmm. with this movie. It's like. Like, it's one of those ones, and I'm not saying, like, oh, you have to be, like, intelligent to enjoy this movie, but it's, like, there are there are layers. Like, there but are some do. serious... Well, there are some <laughs> serious layers, right? And I think that if you are able to, like... If you do have those analytical skills to, like, break down, like, like as you watch this movie, be like, okay, this seems off. What's going on over here? Uh-huh. Did I just see this over here? Or, okay, so now... And then you're kind of piecing things mm-hmm. together. Like, if you're able to do that, I think you enjoy it a little bit more. Um, because when you get to, like, this, you know, like, this, the, the climax, um, it's just, like, mind-blowing. But I, yeah, I'll have to check it out. And, yeah, it's like, I felt... Last night, I felt very yucky after watching it. I was like, I just felt... Ugh, like which is which is like yucky that, is me, the best and, well, that's the thing is like it's like and for me I'm like that's like job well done you right. know for a movie for especially like a horror movie um, but I was legitimately creeped out last night I had to watch so I finished it it was like I had to watch something. Teen Titans go I, for a I, half I an watched, hour I, yeah I turned Netflix and I watched a couple episodes of Shameless because I was like I just need like I need something like kind of funny, I need to like, go from scared to depressed exactly, really yeah. fucking quick so but that like it helped me like balance things out a little bit but um, it is mm-hmm. it's intense and mm. there are, yeah, so many elements just to play off. So of where where does the horror movies come into play? Like, I grew up watching those. Like, sure. my mom is big into horror movies. Like, we uh, horror movies, horror games, like mm. anything that has blood, guts, shit yeah. like that. Like, we, we used to play the Resident Evil games together. Oh, yeah. On uh, the original PlayStation. Oh, that's like, awesome. Resident Evil 2 is still the best sure, sure, sure. horror game ever. Um, uh, Silent Hill. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I grew up. With Child's Play and oh, yeah. the Thirteenth, yeah. yeah. um, Evil Dead, you know sure. the, the one with Bruce Campbell yeah. and and Sam, the Sam Raimi, yep. uh, yeah. you know the the, yeah. It's you know like that for me is weird because like my mom hates horror movies. Okay, absolutely hates them, and she's like the complete like she's like the antithesis of me. She's she loves Christmas. She's like, she is a Christmas fiend. Like, seriously. She's the kind of person who's like, she'll come Did to I me. Did I come out of you? Yeah, she'll like come to me like in July and she'll be like, Hobby Lobby has Christmas stuff up. I'm like, oh my gosh, like get out of here. Um, so we're like really different there. I'm not sure. I think what it might, so like my dad, like he, he he's a practical joker. He okay. loves scaring people. I do and, too. That's my favorite thing so in the world. I picked up on that from him. I loved scaring people growing up as a kid. I love jokes. Um, but for me, it was it was all about, like, the adrenaline 
um, and seeing people like momentarily freak out. Yes, I, I oh, it's that. so good, isn't that. it? It's, oh. And so I think what ended up happening was like, um, I started out with just kind of like, jumping out at people and stuff like as a kid, and then I remember I think my first real like exposure to like horror was um, was through literature, and it was um, at my school. And it's like this is kind of think back, I'm like this is crazy. So it was a pr- it was like you know Catholic elementary school, yeah. and in the library they had those scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh yeah, those yeah. are so good. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Like Alvin Schwartz and like those. They're those made kind of Gilmore Del Toro yes, is doing I the movie. That, yeah, ah, which I'm, I'm I'm very interested in. So let me know. I'll go with you. All right, cool. <laughs> and so that was like my That's first foray. Yeah, there you go. Uh, into horror because like <clears throat> to like those the, the the original illustrations by Stephen Gamble like those were I mean that was uh, yeah that was my first exposure to like horror and um and those were some pretty messed up they stories they were they were those like, were terrifying the illustrations were just freaky and so what I would do with my friends and this is too like where I think like some like the the, the theatrics coming from mm-hmm. me too like my interest in theater is um I was I was like a goofy kid I was very mm-hmm. animated and stuff and so I would or I would rent those books check them out from the library and then after school, like my mom worked until like 4.30 or so, so I would go into like after school care program or whatever. And I would sit down with my friends. We'd find like a corner. They had like an additional room that we could like sit in. And so we'd like, you know, we'd turn the lights off, but keep the door open a, like a little way so yep, we could get yep. some light in. And I would read these stories. And I would like, well, you know, because in like the book, they have like directions and like how to read now. Your voice gets louder and blah, blah, blah. And then you Right, scream. that's right. They and so do that's that. what I would do is like I would read these stories. And my friends would just like hold up around me. And then, you know, like, I'd get the end and, and they'd freak out. And I would just laugh, laugh, laugh. And so I think that's where it really mm-hmm, came from. Mm-hmm. So once I got into junior high, started to get a little more interested in it. Freshman year of high school is where I went, like, like headfirst into horror. Like, that's where I was like, okay, I want to try to, you know, all these classic movies I keep hearing yeah. about, I want to see these. You know, I want to rent Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I want to, mm-hmm. you know, watch Poltergeist. I want all this stuff. Yeah, oh and yeah. Candyman also. So then, the, yeah, it oh, really Candyman blew up is... like eighth grade, seven, or eighth grade, ninth grade for me. So well, very cool. Um, are you afraid of the dark? Oh yeah, remember that yeah, show? That show? That's yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. So it was like increments. I was like, asking you, are you? Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Always. Um, yeah. So it was. Yeah. And I, so yeah. Even and those that, were was, terrifying. They were. Right? Like, they were. I can't believe some. I mean, yeah. I'd I'd love them to remake that mm-hmm. now. Oh, now yeah. that you could get away with a lot more. Oh my gosh. I would yeah. love to have that show yeah. back. That was. Are you afraid of the dark? Was great. And then um, I I liked Goosebumps too. Like both the books and the series. Uh, yeah, I um, think I had every Goosebumps yeah. book. Yeah, they were so yeah, great. That's the, I remember having I think that's nightmares. the only way my parents could get me to read. Oh sure, oh yeah, it's goosebumps. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, me too. Like they were fine. Like they and uh, it was that it was what appealed to me or to us. You know, yeah. it's like I like the scary stuff. And um, did you like the movie, that new one? The yeah, new it was okay. Movie? I think I'm yeah. remember. I watched it with my nephew. I think, and I was like, eh, like it wasn't like it wasn't great, but yeah. I was like. It's it's a reimagining like it's you know if it gets kids interested in it then um yeah it's yeah cool, like, I mean yeah so, that's kind of what I took away from it yeah. I was like eh, it wasn't bad it no, wasn't yeah, yeah I'm like eh. I was kind of wanting I wish it would have been a little more like Monster Squad ish like oh want, yeah like, yeah some of those classic like Fear um, Street yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so yeah. but no yeah it was good so it was it was cool to I w- I wish they maybe uh, didn't make an original. You know, yeah. movie yeah. and like, let's see how many characters we can cram yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. I wish they just took maybe one or two stories and kind of exactly. blended them together. Yeah, that would be cool. And, and I, yeah, and make yeah. it an original. You yeah, know, for um, sure. It, I felt uh, the Night of the Living Dummy. Uh, you know that yeah. those those uh, stories um, were always great. Yeah, were always great. 
I just felt maybe um, that Slappy in, mm-hmm. in the film was just, I'm there for comedic relief. Exactly, yeah. I, yeah. I'm like, he was terrifying yeah, in the book. That's, like, that was the book that gave me nightmares. Right? Like, oh, yeah. I was terrified. Um, and what was the... The one with the the mantis, it was in the, at the amusement park. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oh, I don't uh, remember. What it was I can't called. remember that one. But that one was a good one too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or say cheese and die. Say cheese and, and die. die. Yep. yep. Don't with go the, in the basement. With the, yep. Don't go in the basement. Um, uh, I just I felt that I if I look back at it, and I was like, Goosebumps had some good jumps and mm-hmm. good scares in oh, the yeah. books. I felt that the movie was just more kiddish and, yeah and, and like a little more the, lighthearted yeah and or, or like the series i felt was more was scarier yeah than the, than the, than the movie like yeah. i remember like the, i think it was the first episode of like the series that they made was the um the mask one yes yes that, yeah, that was, was on fox yeah that was so good that was so creepy yeah. um and yeah like, i loved that book was was great but also i, I really enjoyed like yeah that episode i was like oh yeah this is Mm-hmm. That's creepy. Mm-hmm. And that's when you're like, oh, shit. Goosebumps is yeah. a TV show, <laughs> right? Yes. yes, I'm totally for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, I love this time of the year. Me too. Because, uh, one, Abby and I uh, got married on Halloween. Oh, right. Yeah, we got married on Halloween. Cool. We were celebrating 10 years on Halloween nice. this year. Wow, yep. that's awesome. Uh, I know, very cool. Very lucky to, to have made it 10 years. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, but I, I love this this time of the year for two reasons. One, uh, my wife will put on like my hockey sweater, mm-hmm. and I'll be like, I need two minutes in the penalty box. <laughs> She's like, don't you want longer? I'm like, that's a five-minute major. <laughs> and then I might not be able to come off the bench after that. Um, <laughs> but oh, <laughs> so that's one reason mm-hmm. I, I I love when that's she wears awesome. like my sweatshirts yeah. and things like that. Um, I love this time of the year for the haunted TV shows. Oh yeah. Like do you do you get into that? Like uh, the Ghost Hunters or sure. like that's not on anymore. But Ghost Hunters was the best. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, like, I can't stand Ghost Adventures with Zach Baggins. The guy's a douche. See, that's what I've heard. And I've never like. I guess I'm trying to think. Don't I've even never, get in. Don't. I haven't don't. watched like a ton of like. Like I've watched like some like um, specials like you know, like most haunted places and stuff. Yeah. Um, usually it's mo- like I mostly just stick to like um, AMC like Monster Fest. Okay. Like, okay. Showing the movies um, or like even like IFC now like they do some stuff but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll usually, it's, I tend to just stick to, towards, like, movies. Like, okay, um, monster movies, slasher flicks. Yeah. Like, um, there's this new one called Haunted Life. Every Friday okay. night, um, and TLC, my wife and I, uh, watched two episodes. It's super dumb. It's super dumb. <laughs> um, because it's live, it's super okay. dumb. It, and, um, they're the ten- Tennessee Wraith Chasers, but the, okay. the narrator doesn't say Wraith. It sounds like the Tennessee rape chasers. Rape chasers. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and so I'm like, you need to enunciate because yeah. <laughs> oh we gosh. were we were both going. Oh, what, what does he what say? Like I had to chaser. look it up to oh know what he was gosh. saying. Um, and uh, it, it I, I love those paranormal shows mm. that they go hunting and they and they solve things. And sure. I, I I love that kind of stuff. I just think right that's on. neat. I, I I always wonder like. Yeah, like, I've yeah. experienced things enough to go. Yeah, it might be, but mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a logical explanation that. I'm yeah, aware. yep, that's where I'm coming. But uh, Kindred Spirits, Spirits has Amy Bru- okay. Amy Bruni and Adam Barry, and they were on the original Ghost Hunters show. Okay, um, cool. And then there's Paranormal Lockdown with Nick Groff and uh, Katrina something. Okay. And I can't think of her name. I'm sorry. I'm gonna get a bunch of comments. <laughs> but uh, they go. They lock themselves into a haunted place for 72 hours. Okay. So they sleep there. Sure. Everything for three days. 
And that's really fun. That's okay. really cool. Like, I'll they get some that. really crazy things in there. Um, I've seen that, like, scrolling through channels, like, in our, yeah, like, digital. Check out Paranormal Lockdown. Okay. Like, if they, it, it, Kindred Spirits is more like what you and I are doing. We're trying okay. to, we're, we're talking, we're talking with the family and trying to give the family, you know, sure. uh, peace of mind about whatever the spirit might be. Wonder. Paranormal Lockdown's like, all right, come out and get on me, <laughs> <Come> bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, it's, it's super cheesy. And then they have this one called The Ghosts of Shepherdstown. Okay. It's two seasons, 12 episodes. Super cheesy. Oh, my God. It, I mean, everything is so played up. You're okay. like, ghosts are haunting a whole town? <laughs> but they make it seem like it's, they make it seem like a documentary. Like, they're just, okay. they're just driving around. They're like, oh, man, we got a call at the Winchester house. You know, we got to go. It's, you got to check funny. it out. Right, you got to check it out. Oh, my God. So, uh, so yeah, I, this is why I love that this time of year. Totally. I mean, I, I'm like I can't. I, I get in the mood. I'm like I want. I want to go ghost hunting. I'm like oh yeah, I just absolutely. want something to happen to me. That's why like in like in college we had like going to school in SMSU. There were um it's a you know rural town. There's yeah. just like rural areas like that's all in Marshall, right? No, yeah. that uh, yeah. Marshall. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. we would like we would go um like exploring like or like what they call mm-hmm. like urban exploring, exploring urban, but we'd find that's like when the basketball game breaks yeah, out. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they had these like abandoned like farmhouses and stuff. Mm-hmm, and so like mm-hmm. we'd go there, like I'd bring like my camera, we'd all just like, you know, we'd look around and there's some like really weird houses like where people like packed up what they could and just left. And so there were like, you know, book like bookcases full of books still there and like couches and oh, stuff. And, like, creepy. Yeah, but like but like I mean abandoned since like I mean for like you know, 15, 20 years. So, like, everything is just, like, rotted out and stuff. It's just, like, who? Like, it's just weird. Still creepy. Yeah, very creepy. Um, so, yeah. And and I don't recommend doing that. Like, when the happening is, like, years <laughs> later, years later. So, we went to, like, ta- I can't even count how many houses. We you met to. the family yeah, that lived there. Well, like, so oh, I my had, God. I ended up getting, no, no. Okay, I, I, I was I, like, I, was like, <laughs> I thought I called no, it. You gave I me that look, up, like, oh. I ended up. I ended up, I got pneumonia one time on my senior year of college and went in for some tests and they did a CAT scan and it turns out like I had a whole bunch of like calcium deposits in my lungs. Yeah. And what had happened was it was, I, it was from an ex- like a one time exposure to like a toxic folder or um, mold or fungus. And so, essentially, with these houses and like all the asbestos and stuff, oh. like, chances are I was breathing in these spores. And once they hit your lungs, like very your lungs, last like, of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, they so and my lungs did what they were supposed to do. They they stopped and like metastasized or whatever the the um, intruder in my lungs. And so now like they've gone away. But like that was you know yeah I, I, they're like whoa like where was and I'm like oh. Like I would go yeah, it was ghost hunting. Seriously, yeah. And so I was like, I mean, that's where I'm assuming it was from. Because I'm like, where, like, I don't, there was and no And the doctor's like, really. you know that's not real, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, any kind of, like, exposure. We based like, this on kind science. Of stuff, yeah, right? So, I mean, it was fun, but, yeah, it was, yeah. Oh, wow, that's, that's too cool. Mm. So, uh, we're at about a, an hour 30. Sweet. And so, we're yeah. at 90 minutes. Um, cool. Let's talk about your, your book, your poetry Sweet. book. Let's do it. Um, I, I take it here that um, you were very inspired by Vin Diesel. <laughs> yes, I, I, actually, I kid you not. When I was wow. like, I wanted, to do, I wanted to name it 30, and I wanted like the Roman numeral for 30, and I was like, okay. And then I did it, and I was like, oh, like it does kind of look, like either people are going to think that it's no. like, a fan, like, a, like a Vin Diesel fanboy book, or some like smut. Well, it like, is. That, 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 <laughs> like, uh, 
<laughs> that uh, that poem uh, in an instant is about uh, oh Vin yeah Diesel. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so I was like oh it's the worst poem to pick for Vin Diesel I'm just gonna say I have no idea what it is about <laughs> so uh, uh, you you've written two other works mm-hmm. so tell me wh- why this what well so yeah so the first two things like so those were anthologies that were put out by Scurfy so. Essentially, it's it's a collection of like it's a collection of poetry from a whole bunch of different people, and then my stuff was just published in there with it. So like, oh okay, they weren't like I didn't write. It wasn't just like an anthology all written by me. So mm-hmm. it was just like um yeah, and, and I think in thunderstorms I had like I have quite a few. I had like ten poems. Published so it was your one. book. It was Xavier Pastrano featuring. <laughs> Everyone else. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So we all yeah, we all like yeah, all of our names are nice with that. So um so yeah, those first two books were just anthologies. This one is like yeah, this was um a book just of my poetry. I've always mm-hmm. again, it was one of the whole one of those like goals I had was like I want to write a chat book. And typically with a chat book, you know, it's like a small collection of poetry, and there's some kind of theme that ties um, all the poems together. And so, you know, it was the idea of like, okay, well, you know, maybe sometime later, maybe later, I, you know, I have all this other stuff I need to do. I'm just not really writing and everything. And and then it got to a point where I was like writing this new content. Or I, what happened was I, I turned 30 and I was like, okay. And once I turned 30, like life just went in like a completely radical direction mm-hmm. for me. It was insane. Like, you know, I was, I was a brand new dad. I had a job change. My wife and I, my wife uh, stopped working at her job, um, or she was a stay-at-home mom for a while, and she started working at a new job, mm-hmm. and then it was just, like, awful for her, and then we, um, she got a new job at Good Sam, and they had that huge layoff because they were, like, you know, they had this deficit, and so it was, like, all that, plus we had, like, the worst financial, like, like breakdown ever, and I entered like this depression, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, I was like really like struggling with not struggling, but really trying to figure out like where I fell like on the spiritual spectrum of things. Mm-hmm. And so, and so at this point in time, like I just started teaching at a Catholic school, and then I com- <clears throat> right before then I completely deconverted, and I was like, I was like, yeah, I, just, I can't, yeah, yeah, that working, yeah. Um, and so then I was like, okay, so now I'm this like, you know, for as far as labels go, like this atheist teacher teaching at a Catholic school. And my wife and I are struggling financially. We might have to sell our house. There's just, there was so much stuff going on. And I was just like, and then the world was just like flipping upside down. Donald Trump becomes president. I'm just like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like oh all God, these things. Been news. Long? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gross. And so then I was like, there were just, I was, there were so many emotions going through me. And so I was mm-hmm. like, I need to try and process some of this stuff. So then last year, um, I was like, I need to get some of this stuff out. Things were getting better, but I was like, I need... I need to start writing again. So I just started writing and it was like this flood of like work. And I, and some of it was great. Some of it was not so great. I was just trying to write something like once, write one poem a day. And then I can always go back and like revise if I want to. But I just wanted to get ideas out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually it came to me. I was like, okay, I want to do a chat book. I need like roughly, you know, like this many poems, 15 to 20 poems or whatever. Um, and a lot of these are about or, you know, experiences in my 30s, my, you know, because I'm 32 now, so I'm like, what have I kind of gone through? And so then, um, once I, and then again, I had that, that whole, like, you know, well, why not now? And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm tired of, like, waiting. I just, I need to make this happen. So I'm going to make this manuscript, and then I'm going to send it out to different mm-hmm. publishers and see if anybody wants to publish it. Um, so I had, like, my old uh, poetry professor at UND, she looked over the manuscript, and she really helped me out with my friend, um, Marcella. Um, she looked through the poems, gave me some feedback, 
So then I narrowed it down to this collection here. Um, Beautiful. Thank you. Collection, Thanks. by the way. I tried to, yeah, just kind of like get like all, I mean, there's like the racial identity stuff. There was the parenthood stuff. There was this yeah. like the faith spiritual stuff. Um, some memories, you know, like looking back at like who I was back then versus now. And so then I sent out, so this was January. I started mm-hmm. sending out this manuscript last January. And publishers are, you know, they're great, but they take a long time to read through stuff. Mm-hmm. And so months and months were going by and I wasn't hearing anything. And then I had another little moment of like, why not now? Like, why why am I waiting to see if my if someone thinks my work is good enough to publish? Mm-hmm. I should just do it myself. I should make my own chapbook. And so I was like, okay, how, like, what kind of materials would I need? How can I go about doing this? So I learned how to um, learned how to collate the the book, you know, which is printing it the front and back and stuff. And then There's I learned a print how to. Setting for that. Is it well, no, so, it's so a printer. Yeah. So, so, but then I had so like, I'm doing it at <laughs> home. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm doing it at home. So I was like, okay, I had to print like all the odd pages first, and then flip the paper, and then do the even. And all oh, stuff. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And so then, and then I learned how to saddle stitch, which is like how I bound the book together. Um, yeah, you were putting all of the uh, the progress. Yeah, uh, up yeah. On Facebook, so I was yeah, to see that. Some people were like, "How are you doing this?" I'm like, oh, "I'll make a couple of, like Facebook Live videos." Yeah. Um, so then, yeah. So then I just did it. I was like, "I'm gonna make, you know, I'll make uh, 50 copies." Um, I got one. And just yes, you did. Uh. And, uh, and I'll see what I can do. <laughs> and so then, yeah. So it was crazy. So the first 50 copies, um, I sold out of. And so I was like, and then people were still asking me like, "Hey, do you have any more?" I'm like, oh, "Shit, like, I don't." So I was like, "Well, I get, I'll make 50 more." Um, of a second edition, so that's the second edition there. Ah, damn. Um, no, <laughs> um, and so the the reason that and so it's um, well, it's in worth the very, nothing uh, yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but each edition is different. So it's like with the colors on the front, because the first edition, the the cover was just black, like just the black X's. Second edition, I I want my favorite colors orange. So I was like, I'll do some orange and black combined. White bear um, colors. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, and then um, for this reading that I'm doing at SMSU on Tuesday, um, I'm doing a limited uh, SMSU yeah, edition. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. So I'm doing 15 in, in the school colors. So that's brown and gold. So That's very cool. Yeah. Um, really proud of the work, too. Thank I you. mean, I, it, I'm sure it doesn't mean anything from a, a fan of no, this. No, it but, does. Thank um, you. Since I've got it, I, I've had to read it a couple different times, and mm-hmm. I marked some of my favorites cool. in here. And um, do you mind if I read one? No, or, or you know what? I'm, I'm going to do one better. Um, we talked a lot about race mm-hmm. um, today, and uh, this is probably the most heavy <laughs> heavy of, of the podcast that we have. I call this a, po- a comedy <laughs> podcast, but who knows? Sure. You know? <laughs> right. um, There's pockets of comedy in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we try. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I read the first. Uh, I read the first poem, and mm-hmm. I went, "Wow!" It, the the that first paragraph with all those questions mm-hmm. was really cool. And then I read the second poem, and I went, "Oh, I'm getting in deep. I'm getting in a lot." <laughs> um, and uh, I think this uh, the second one is mm-hmm. so poignant right now. Um, if you could just read sure, that, absolutely. yeah, yeah. Oh, wind chime, yeah, yep. yeah, wind chimes. Oh, flesh and bone wind chime hanging from my family tree, singing of the times like a blood-soaked soliloquy. People strung it there to remind you and me of the roles that we play in the land of the free. Oh, it's even better hearing you read it (laughs) than when I was, like, I read this, so uh, I bought it, I, I read it, 
Um, I read it a couple days later, mm-hmm. and I went back to I, I was in Rapid City last week. I'm like, you sure. know what? I'm gonna bring this. I'm gonna do just continue to, to read it and, and do some research and just see what these things mean to me as well. Mm-hmm. And then um, I read this this morning to my wife. Sure. And I was like, how crazy is that right now? You know that yeah. you you wrote you wrote this at, in a time when this wasn't happening. Yeah. This wasn't yeah. as prominent. Yeah. Um. And just holy shit that you were noticing this at mm-hmm. that time. I mean, but this is this has been an issue and been a problem for. Oh yeah, yeah. So th- that stood out, and I went, sure. "Wow, it wow. is kind of crazy." Yeah, like like the timeliness of things. Like they kind of, I mean, they can come, they kind of like go like in and out of like season and stuff, but they're always yeah. There's like some kind of like resonance there, um, and like you said, that was one thing. Is like with this collection of poems, like I knew writing this stuff, I was like, this is not going to be like a really I don't want like I mean for lack of a better word like happy collection um they're just yeah. there's a lot of emotion yes I was feeling a lot and again this was like it was a, a very I think and I think this is fair it's like it was a very intense time period in my life and so <clears throat> I wanted the poetry to reflect that and and I think that like the poems like are intense and yes. um that second and, one <laughs> yeah 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 that's, and that's like yeah like you're like Ooh. second you're like okay I we're yeah. Right. Where I'm, I'm getting into. I, I, like, I know. <laughs> I, I mean, a, a, as a white person, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. no. I mean, I and when I said earlier that um, you speak so eloquently and so uh, charismatically that there, you can't hear the hate sure. or anything sure. like that. That's a poem that has hate in it, mm-hmm. and and you could hear it. And I went, oh yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. this is this is where we're at, and uh, and Xavier's absolutely right sure. with this, um, and, and this is something that needs to be changed. This is, yeah, it's a part of our history, but this is not something we need to be reverting back to. Yeah, yeah, this oh, is yeah. not something that we need to be bringing back up and say, know your place. Exactly. Well, and too, and it's like for me, it's it's all about like um, I want the work to be not like unrelenting, but mm-hmm. um, thought provoking. And, and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I wanted it to be... Well, you succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, I just wanted it to be, um, to be a launching point for discussion. Mm-hmm. And like you said, like with that one, like, you know, there were there are ways that in which that could be phrased, like my thoughts could have been phrased to like really be um, scornful and like really spiteful. And, but then I was like, you know, and for me, I'm like, that's not like who I am like there's obviously some things like I've experienced and I've seen that like that upset me Mm -hmm. um but I'm all about the use of words to convey um the use of the use of words in an eloquent fashion to convey you know your thoughts and ideas and so that was one where I was like you know that it just it kind of came out and I was like it's intense but um I think it can generate some discussion and not be like you know, like, yeah. too aggressive, maybe. And I, 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 by no means was that felt at all. Oh, th- yeah, th- no. Throughout that, is that I, I, I didn't feel that you were coming off strong or sure. aggressive in nature or anything like that. I felt that there was a voice that needs to be heard, yeah. and yeah. Um, the messages that were are are that are in here are very important messages sure. to be Thanks, said. Man. And uh, you, you wrote a lot, and I feel like you and I have kind of gone through the same. Um, path in life mm-hmm. um, you know it, <laughs> I don't want to try and compare apples to apples or anything oh, no. like that um, it, what I mean by that is that there are some experiences in here um, I, I love that the poem wishing star mm-hmm. uh, as well I um, I don't know where you were in a place when, when you wrote that or anything like that but I 
when when I was reading it, I was thinking about um, a time where I was just in the backseat of a car as well, mm-hmm. and uh, and driving and and having this feeling that something was wrong mm-hmm. type of thing, yeah. um, you know, and then coming home and finding out what that thing that was yeah. wrong was. Um, but there's Absolutely a... Do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's the simplest very, way I can put it. Yeah, no, it's very... Um, yeah. Since Turning 30 um, is probably my favorite. Cool. Because there's a period in here uh, that I went, oh, that's me. Mm-hmm. That's me uh, right now. That was me, uh, you know, uh, when I was 30. That was me when I was 28. Sure. And it says, been happily depressed, uh, overworked, and utterly lazy. Medicated, mitigated, undiagnosed, and hazy. Mm-hmm. Been remissful romantic so far out of my head, or so uh, so far out in my head. Had to resuscitate my marriage. Wrapped in a pall, lying in my bed. That, I was there. I was there three years ago. And um, I would always tell Abby, I'm like, go back to when it was. Remember remember what we did? Mm -hmm. Remember how I was? We can do that again. And we got married when we were very young. Mm -hmm. 22, 23. And we we had, uh, 21, we got married. Um, we we're, were celebrating 10 years. <laughs> Math. Um, we had kids at 23. Wow, yeah. You know, uh, there's seven and six mm-hmm. that are out there. And I, we, we had a patch. We had this patch where I wasn't going to, to make it. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to go back to where it was before. Yeah. And not thinking about growth and not sure. thinking about, you know what, Abby and I got married when we were young. Um, did we know? Yes, we knew it was true. It still is, but we've also grown up, and we are completely different people than what we were ten years ago. But we're still together. Oh yeah. And it it, it was. Uh, I mean that that. I almost cried at that. And I'm sure. going to now. So, um, because it just meant so much. It was such a beautiful piece to go. I'm not the only person who has felt that. Um, so yeah, um, next one. <laughs> uh, laugh like everything is fucked. Yeah. That one, that, <laughs> that one, I was like, "Yep, nope, that's me in a nutshell." That, was, it's that like, was the other thing is like, I again, like once I hit thirty, it was like, there's so many. Okay, so yeah, I'm, like, you realize what the, your like, parents were like, right? You're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> seriously, like, amidst like all the crazy shit, I was like, one really great thing was like, I really came out of this. Like, I hit thirty, and I was like, I really don't give a shit what people think about mm-hmm. me. Like. I'm married, like, I have, I have mm-hmm. a whole group of friends, I finally became comfortable with my, like, in my own skin, and, and then, so that was a great thing, but then also, too, I realized, like, I really started to get, like, a little more cynical about certain things, and, um, again, like, with this collection, I was like, I'm not gonna hold anything back, mm-hmm. too many times in the past, like, I've had ideas, or I've had feelings, or thoughts, and I'm like, oh, maybe how can I, I'm like, no, like, this is gonna be, like, true and raw this is exactly how mm. i felt this is what i was going through and if people don't like it fuck it well, i was like whatever and so that's like like laughing everything is fucked i was like that's how i feel sometimes <laughs> it's like it's crazy out there and the only thing i can do is like laugh and then people are like whoa what are you laughing it's like what's going on well abby had that time abby had that moment with me too where i was just laughing at someone she's like you're a jerk i'm like yeah. no i'm not no, I'm, like, yeah, it's like, it's, I'm like people i'm stupid yes yeah exactly yeah um you had uh, talked about your time at O'Gorman and mm-hmm. um, uh, obviously going through a change. Uh, you grew up Catholic. I grew up mm-hmm. Catholic uh, as well. Yeah. I got out of the church early too. Mm-hmm. Um, deconversion. Uh, I love 
these these two things at the very end of it it said one when given a choice to believe in god who wouldn't intervene in that situation or to believe in nothing at all i would choose the latter and two there is only us and while some of us are harbingers of beauty others are totally fucking abysmal i'm like yes (laughs) yeah Yes, that was, that's exactly it. That's yeah. how I feel about religion. Yeah, yeah. Is that... That was, like... That was probably the hardest one to write. And only because, like... It I, can be I so knew, controversial exactly, from where you were. Exactly. And I have... And a majority of my family, like, is still super Catholic. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, how can I... And then again, it was one of those things where it was like, I, it was important to me and I wanted to write it, but I didn't want to sacrifice anything for, to make other people feel comfortable. So right. I was like, I need to get this out. And so that was, that was a true news story, um, that I saw on, Kel, or I was on KDLT one night and it just like, that was a moment where I heard it and I just like, I started crying and I was mm-hmm. like, how like, how fucked up is this? Like how, and then, and then I was like kind of teetering at this point in time still with like, you know, faith and spirituality. Mm-hmm. And then I really started thinking about like, you know the the how this god was like defined or perceived in my years of growing up and i was like this has this it does not match up and, right and so then i was like i just got to a point where you know, so i was like yeah like no like, like there 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 there's us and i'm like at the end of the day it's like we have options to do amazing things for each other but then we also have these like totally like self-destructive like capabilities and that's what happens like these people just destroyed and, something that was beautiful in the world yeah what while you say that i'm pulling up um something from uh, a, a comic of mine who posted uh, this thing earlier today that i went yeah that makes sense <laughs> i get it now um so i gotta i gotta try and find it here uh dr ford 36 years ago i was sexually assaulted the gop doesn't seem credible the bible 2000 years ago jesus uh jesus's sky dad whose existence can't even be proven says gayness is evil gop you heard the man yeah exactly yeah right yeah <laughs> yeah like times have changed yes yeah and and for me it's like so and I've, I've tried to do like i have a friend who de- we kind of deconverted around the same time unknowingly like we it was just like we had no idea that it wasn't like a planned thing or anything I'm like, hey, we're going to do this together, right? Let's jump. Um, (laughs) So, like, so we started talking, and he's, like, way more, um, I would say, he does a lot more reading, um, like, uh, philosophical readings and teachings and stuff to kind of, like, gain some perspective of of where he stands and stuff. But um, I started to do, like, a little bit, and one of my, uh, one one guy I came across, I really liked was, his name was Albert Camo. And he wrote this book called... I know called, him. Yeah, he wrote The Stranger. <laughs> like, no, I don't. So, 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 like, yeah, <laughs> so he wrote a book called The Stranger, which was, oh, no, Matchbox or, or Hot Wheels. Uh, um, it's he, my, yeah, my old... My grandfather's... Um, his old car. Oh, I, wow, sweet. Yeah, he, when he passed away, I, I took his his cars as a... It's a thing to, to keep in here. Right I got a lot of his old tools too. Oh, so sweet. like, uh, cool. so like whenever we use him, like, thanks, Grandpa. See, there you go. Right <laughs> totally. Like this. I mean, so Albert Camus, he wrote um, the Stranger, but he also he was an atheist and mm-hmm. um, he considered himself like an absurdist. And um, people try to like kind of uh, classify him as an existentialist, but he's like, no, no, no. He's like, I'm an absurdist, and he said in the sense that like he feels like the world is absurd. And he said his theory was this. He's like. We live in a meaningless world. And he said that doesn't mean that there's no value in our lives or like mm-hmm. in what's going on in the world, but it's a meaningless world in the sense that things just happen. Right. There's no meaning to them, no reason or rhyme. He says, but as human beings, we can't 
we can't conceive or conceptualize that. We can't we can't stand that. Right. So we apply meaning to the meaningless. And right. because that helps us feel more in control, it helps us feel like we have an understanding of things. And that's the that's the key point, is that we need to have that understanding. Exactly. We need to have an answer we for do. why things exactly. are. Exactly. Yep. And so that to me like made so much sense. I was like Oh, I totally get that. It's like mm-hmm. we, you know, we need the, we need to feel accepted. We need mm-hmm. to feel like we know we're doing this life. When in actuality, nobody knows what the yeah. fuck they're doing. Um, but it's all about just this perceived control or understanding right. of these things that we completely will never understand. Right. Um, and so I was like, I really kind of like really clicked with his kind of like school of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was that idea of like, you know, yeah, it's just like there is there's us. And that's and you take away you strip away everything else. They're they're just people. That's mm-hmm. how I kind of how I kind of perceived it. And and uh, so when you when you go back and you, you look at that, you're you're an atheist. Still are I I, I assume. Um, me too. Mm-hmm. I I don't have a problem with religion. I oh, get no. why it's there. Absolutely, it's, it's yep. for that understanding and for that meaning. Mm-hmm. And it, what what I try to say is that you are Catholic and you abide by that because. You you're suffice with that answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know yeah. you're like that's that answer is good enough for me, mm-hmm. and I'm an atheist because that answer is not good enough for me. Yeah, yep, exactly, and that's and I'm I'm totally the same mind frame. Like even as a kid, like go, going to Catholic school, like I was always of the like kind of like, to each their own mindset. Like mm-hmm. I'm not. I knew kids who were like, oh, but you know this person they they're kind of liberal and they do I'm like who gives a shit like why, why, why are we like who, like, yeah. who, who like, the who cares? fuck cares I'm like you know like I had friends like you know I'm like okay you know well so and so is gay I'm like and yeah like who cares <laughs> like they are who they are like I'm not and so like even then I was like you know oh you're, you're Lutheran like you're Jewish like you're mm-hmm. into like whatever like Muslim like you, you are who you are like own it and I've always been like you know sorry do, do, like it's okay like do what the works for up. you. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like you know, yeah. Do what works for you. Believe in what you want to believe in. Um, just be a good person at the end of the day, or just try to be a good person. You know, and that's still the mentality that I have now. Even even now, like I've deconverted. It's like I have no problem that like my family is like, yeah, my family is still Catholic. Like I get it, I get it, and that works for them. Um, I found a series of answers that work for me. Yeah, and and what was interesting is like when it first like. My I made a post on on Instagram like I bought right right when I was making this change I bought a couple books, um, one was why I, why I do not, why I'm not a Christian, why I'm not a Christian by Bertrand Russell and then the Atheist Pocket Book or Atheist Hand Guide. Or hand do you read anything by Rob Bell? Uh, no, I've I've seen some of his stuff, just yeah. like articles and stuff like yep, that. But yep, never like yep. any books or anything like that. You should, you should check him out. <clears throat> okay. Should, um, he he is heavily involved in religion sure he's not he's not an atheist or anything like sure. that but he he preaches why it's okay sure right on cool so, See, and that's, i mean yeah, rob bell like, rob bell is really cool i've heard he's a pretty cool guy yeah so i posted this picture and you know i i forgot i had like my, my aunt was she follows me on instagram and like my cousins oh. uh, her daughters who are like 22 and like 18 so like they're you know they're big kids now and she saw it and then immediately called me and was like, you got to take that down, Xavier. You got to take it down. Like, we, your uncle and I, we just, we just don't understand. We just don't get it. And, I'm like, <laughs> and it was this big thing where they were like. You don't need to. And, and seriously, and for a while it was like, they were like uncomfortable and I'm like with me. And I'm just kind of like, why? And again, it was like, you know, I'm like, I'm like, like why? it just seemed like they just couldn't accept me not like. 
how can you not believe in anything? I'm like, well, let's just, well, let's talk. Let's just talk before you freak out. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm like, you know, like you guys, like, it, you know, it's, goes, yeah, exactly. Right and I'm like, I'm not, it, you know, it's like they just really kind of like jumped at me with that. And so I was like, well, you know, like, and I guess I get that, you know, like why they'd be concerned and stuff like that. But again, it's a whole like to each their own kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, it's still cool. You guys are still kind well, of like I mean, your musings are, are in this book, mm-hmm. and triple uh, X. Uh, no, <laughs> just gonna ride that joke all day. Um, <laughs> uh, Thirty uh, and wonderful, uh, very well done, well put together. Uh, every single piece in here has uh, a meaning to it, and um, it, I, I hope it. I hope more people read it, and more people start having that the conversation. Uh, not with others, but with themselves. Sure. Yeah, um, because, I mean, I, I've asked myself questions after cool. this, and, and I greatly appreciate it. Um, I'm going to ask you for one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, can you sign this yeah, for me? Absolutely, uh, one, Yeah. I bought it for $4.99, right uh, but I, I haggled the guy down to 2 bucks. So <laughs> with your signature, uh, it'll be the worth its value. <laughs> so uh, when we're done here, um, yeah, I'd love for you to, to sign that. Um I'm really proud of this book. I'm Thanks, going man. to show this to my kids when they when they're ready for it um, right Thanks, as well. Um, a- any other books and things like you got? You've got a fan in me. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, Randy Newman's Randy new Newman song. There. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I want I want to thank you so much for coming here today. Do you feel good? I Absolutely, mean, man. Yeah, like, like thank you so much for having me. Out. Seriously, okay. Yeah, this has been great. So well, good. I'm, I, I'm glad we sure. got to know each other more too. Absolutely, you know, man. it's like I said, something clicked when uh, we were, totally. we were on the on I the dress code. So uh, I'm trying to get everybody uh, back together and and do this. Um, totally. Uh, talk, have fun, laugh, uh, share uh, interesting uh, you know stories and and whatnot. Um, so I ask every guest uh, to end our podcast with, okay. uh, if you're feeling good, if yeah. there's anything oh, yeah, else no, you want to talk no, about. I'm good. Um, we got time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we could be here all day. Um, I ask every guest uh, to share their famous last words. Oh. So, because I'm going to murder you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Oh, this okay, is yeah. a horror uh, film now. Right. This is a so. horror podcast. <laughs> oh, man. Famous last this, words. That's going to come back and bite me in the ass one day. Like, <laughs> they're going to die, and they're like, did anybody have it? Oh, well, Casey oh, said he was going to murder <laughs> Um Yeah, okay. So, famous last words. So, uh, this was, um, so my freshman year of college, I, again, I was fresh out of 12 years of Catholic school. And first semester of college, I took a philosophy course, and that blew my brain out of my ass. Like, it was just mm-hmm. insane. And because I was exposed to so many different um, beliefs and platforms and whatnot, and we were reading, um, oh, we weren't reading The Republic. Um, we were reading, what was this, Plato or Socrates? It wasn't The Republic, though. I don't remember what it was. Um, and so essentially what happened was, god damn it, what was the name of this book? so okay so essentially what happened was yeah. i'm trying to remember was it plato or was it socrates socrates was um he was teaching these young kids in the commons area um that you know about about questioning mm-hmm. and and people are freaking out because he was like you know creating these like rebels right. and stuff like that yep. and um but they were missing his his point, and so I raised my hand, and the teacher was like, "Well, like, well, he's like, you know, he asked a question. He's like, what, what, uh, what do you think Socrates was was trying to say here?" 
And so I raised my hand and I said, this is my famous last words here, um, for anybody out there who's kind of experiencing some stuff, it's okay to question and doubt as long as you seek some kind of truth. Like, whatever that truth is for you. Like, um, I know a handful of people who question and doubt everything, or have known a handful of people who question out everything, but but that's where they stop. Okay. They don't go out and they don't seek um, new answers or, or any kind of answers to their questions. So at the end of the day, they're just sitting in one place saying, I don't agree with that, I don't believe in that, I don't do this, blah, 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 or I do believe in this, or blah, blah, but they don't they don't challenge themselves to learn more, educate themselves any further. So again, like if things are like, like for me, like, you know, it was, I'm questioning my faith and my spirituality. Like, and that's good. That's, that's a very human, human like characteristic, but I wasn't satisfied with just sitting there questioning. And it's like, I need to know, I need, I need information. I need, I need, um, I need something to back up, mm -hmm. uh, you know, these feelings and these emotions. I need to broaden my perspectives and see what else is out there. So, and that goes for anything. Um, if you're questioning and doubting, it's okay to, that's, that's okay as long as you seek some kind of truth. And that truth is going to be, in most cases, objective. You know, whatever works for you. But, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, thank Xavier. Thank you, Casey. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely.